0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network hi guys cookie from the non-league treatment room quick message about one of our sponsors tread tread offer top quality grip socks for all types of sport available in a range of different colors tread won't let you slip check the link out in our bio on social media or in the description below to get yours ready for pre-season Hello everyone, welcome to the Non-League Treatment Room with me, Cookie, and we are back for our third episode of the podcast. And we can't wait to get into this one because we have a banger for you today. And it's our first goalkeeper on the podcast. And uh, as always, I have my co-host Debo alongside me. How are you, mate? You okay? Good evening, everyone. I am very well, thank you. How are you, Cookster? I'm very good. You seem very relaxed today. Always. Is it because of, is, is of the guests we've got on today? I think it is, mate.
1: we've already had a barrel of laughs before we've already even started so I think it's put me at ease
0: that's good that's good Um, just want to say thank you to everyone who's listened and supported on the the last episode of Alex Goodjack if you haven't already make sure you go back and check that episode out um, because that was a very very good episode full of laughs and full of good stories and if you haven't already make sure you're following our social media at the Non-League Treatment Room on Instagram and Twitter as it always helps out and you can see the latest news and guests who we've got coming up and we wouldn't want you to miss out. And also, whatever platform you're listening on, make sure you press the follow button so you don't miss out when an episode is dropped. So, yeah, that's all the admin done. So um, Well done, Andrew. Oh, thank you very much. So, um, I think we should get him in. Let's do let's it. Do, let's do it straight away, yeah? Let's get him in. How are we introducing him? I could call him so many names. <laughs> well, yeah, we've already had one already, so, which I do, like, I do like the sound of. Um, so, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. So, in the treatment room today, we have veteran goalkeeper who has over 500 appearances in football. He comes from a football-crazy family who are well-known in the non-league footballing game. He's experienced Football League 1 and League 2 as well as non-league football at all different levels. He likes throwing himself around and swazzing balls to his teammates and does it with a big smile on his face. Please welcome Cam Belford.
1: How are you, Cameron? Or should I say, the new Arley Monk? Not bad, mate. Yeah, I'm mean, evening, boys. I'm all right. Yeah, you? Good, very, very, very well.
0: Very, very good. Very good. How are you uh, enjoying the off season so far? Uh, yeah, it's been nice. Obviously, you um, enjoy it a little bit more as you get older because as as the
2: season comes to an end, you start to feel it. I start to feel the aches and the pains, and uh, now I'm getting a little bit older. But to be fair, I'm itching to get back now. Yeah. Um had enough time off. Uh, and I'm looking forward to another season. You know, I feel as fit as I ever, ever ever done, um, and
0: as I say, I'm looking forward to getting back. Is pre-season different for a goalkeeper than a player?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, it's a different type of fitness, being a goalkeeper, so, you know, I'm not having to run around the pitch for 90 minutes. Um, so, it is tailored a little bit different, and, and again, all managers are different. You know, some managers will have the keepers joining in with all the running for pre-season. Some managers will let the goalkeeper coach... Um, sort the fitness part of it out for the goalkeepers themselves so you know it depends what managers you're playing for and what club you are. got I suppose
0: but it it is a different type of fitness yeah yeah no that's nice that's nice Um, before we get into the questions me and Lee me and David we're going to reel off the clubs you've played for how long you got (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we're going to go one at a time, okay, back and forth. You just sit back for a minute.
1: I'll see if you've missed it. Well, that's
0: that's what we're going to ask. If we've missed anyone, wait to the end and uh, fill us in, okay? Okay, right. let's do it. I'm going to start. Yeah, Coventry City Academy, mm. Tamworth, Berry, Worcester City, Southend United, Accrington Stanley, Tamworth, Mansfield Town, Rushall Olympic, Swindon Town, Wrexham, Stranra Forest Green Rovers, Chorley, Nuneaton Borough. FC United of Manchester. Radcliffe. (laughs) And Stafford Rangers. Yeah, and Hinkley. Oh, Oh, Hinkley. The original Hinkley.
2: The original Hinkley, actually. Of course. Um, We should know that few games, Yeah, played a few games on loan when I was at Coventry's, uh, in the Coventry's Academy uh, under Dean Thomas in the North, National League North um, at the time. I think it was only about five, four or five games. Uh, And then alone at Tamworth. I actually played for Tamworth twice and... Yeah, I think I think you've I think you've got them all there. I can't.
0: Yeah, I mean a couple of them we've had. Southend, you you went on loan yeah. twice. Didn't, was it twice? You saw? Yeah, had two two, yeah. two, two separate um, ones, Yeah. Stramra, you obviously went on loan, then signed then permanently. permanently yeah. So obviously, I know there's a few clubs, but also you've had a lot of appearances at this club. Yeah, Rexallson. Yeah. You yeah. Get well,
2: yeah, I've
1: been around.
0: He's been around the old lad. <laughs> He's that's that, yeah, I don't think that's bad. And quite. I'm talking football. Yeah, yeah. Do you think I've a lot of
1: goalkeepers around. do though, Cap? <laughs>
2: Uh the well and again mate, it depends what type of mentality you got. I mean I, I I never I was never one for sitting around and being on the bench, I always wanted to go and play. Um mm. and I made that known to most managers I played for. If I wasn't playing, I just, you know, had a knock on the door and a you know, conversation with the manager and say, Listen, I want to go and play. I'm in football to play football. I'm not here to sit on the bench and, you know, pick up your money. Um I just just wanted to play. And I think even more so as I get a little bit older, I've moved around a little bit more because it it it's a little bit more excitement. It's a newer challenge. You know, mm. sometimes I've found if I get too comfortable in the club, my, my own performances, and you slip into that mode of being comfortable um, and performances dip and the surroundings are comfortable and you just want something fresh and something new to keep you
0: keep you stimulated. Because that's... that's You, t- you just touched on it about you always wanted to play. Obviously, goalkeepers, there's one position. Mm-hmm. And some people are happy to be number two yeah. and happy to be back up and, you know, like you say step back and just be called upon and be ready when they are was that never an option for you you never really wanted to be a number two or a number three let's say you always wanted to go I'm here to play football so I'll I'm going to find a way to play football basically
2: yeah yeah even from a young age when I first went to but I was saying that, even when I was at Coventry and I was in the, the academy at Coventry and I was full-time, I, I wanted to play with the first team. I was training with the first team every day uh, from the age of... I was saying that when I was at school, I used to have a day off school uh, throughout my, the last two school years and I was training at Coventry. Release. Day release. Yeah, um, yeah. And I made my debut for Coventry's reserves, and we're talking reserves. Back then it weren't under-23s, it was yeah, proper reserves proper reserve, yeah. against Chelsea at uh, Manor Park because uh, Coventry used to use that when I was 15. So from there, I'd, I'd tasted men's football. Um and I just always wanted to play, always wanted to play. No matter which. I always thought I was good enough to play in anyone's first team and I was never scared to have a conversation with a manager, no matter what age I was or what situation I was in, to say, I want to be playing or what can I do to be playing? How do I get into your team? How do I get into your first team? But as you say, there's, there's plenty of goalkeepers out of there that that are just happy to do that. I mean, when I was at Coventry, we had a goalkeeper called Peggy said, who used to play for Liverpool and uh, he was desperate not to play. <laughs> that, that's that really? how I can explain it. He was Desperate not to play, and I think he made a career out of doing it. I think he sat on Liverpool's bench in some big games for years and years, and didn't kick a ball. He come to Coventry, and I think he played about two games in the first team over about three years.
1: Do you think that was his he choice, was, though, Cap?
2: I think he was happy doing that, mate. Yeah, and he, he used to stroll into Coventry and he's a big Lincoln Navigator, and he used to think, "Jesus Christ, you know well, what was I mean? he a tidy goal?" He made either? a career. He went bad. Yeah, he went bad. I wouldn't say he's one of the best goalkeepers I've been around, but he's you know he made a career out of it. He's, he, yeah, I mean, he's in the Premier League
1: for years and. Yeah. So, I want to take you back a little bit, if I can, Cam. Yeah. Where did it all start for you then, mate? And I I don't want to go as far back as the green on New (laughs) Arley
2: for the Chinese. Oh, yeah, there's not been many players out there. Um, Well, I started playing probably around about the age of six, really, for the Boys Club Swifts. Uh, It was then. Um, they then turned to Frank Parker because it was run by a guy called Tim Parker, who was obviously known around yeah. the area. Frank's son, Tim, um, and I played the year above myself, so I was I was always around kids that were older, bigger, stronger, um, and we were probably one of the best teams around then. I think I, I only played for about two years up until the age of about seven, eight, and then um, I got picked up from Coventry. When I was about seven, I'd say, under eight, um, and then that was it. I stayed at Coventry then for almost ten years up until I was when I left when I was seventeen uh nearly eighteen, so I probably only had two years in in like uh kids' football really until I got into an academy and that was that was my life that 's all I ever known and up until as I said well <laughs> that was my career from from mm. then football everything was football related I wanted to play football everything I did uh throughout my my school life was was around football uh, I knew I was going to be full time with Coventry when I was thirteen because we'd already agreed a deal to be full time so I knew that was happening so and that was probably a, a little bit of a burden, really, in terms of school life, because I, I put that to the one side. And I didn't really, I didn't really focus on school life because I knew I was going. I had a job as soon as yeah, I left school. Yeah, yeah. Really, you know, in the old careers teacher, when the old careers teacher saying, "Oh, what do you want to do when you leave school? Like, I want to play football." And like, no, come on, seriously, you got to pick a real job. I said, "No, that's my job. That's what I'm going to do." And luckily enough, I was able to make a job out of it until I was, you know, 30 years of age, full time. So,
1: so do you think that then? Because obviously, with our last episode with Gudge, he, he said that he felt that he. Missed out a little bit of being around his mates when he was playing for his local Sunday League team. Do you, do you feel that you missed that as well or would you change anything about that? Missing playing uh, with your old schoolmates or with your, I mean, with your local team?
2: I still played, obviously still played for my school team in that. But yeah. I was a striker. Never played in goal. Hated playing in goal for my school team. Me and, uh, me and a lad called Matty Moore. Who, Matty was, was one of my good mates and he yeah. was at Leicester at the time. Uh, he was in Leicester's academy. I was at Coventry. Um, and we used to play. I used to play for the Neaton district side. Um... And then we played together for our school. Me and him were up top together, little and large. You know what I mean? I used to hold it up, knock it in, and he used to run him behind because he was shit off his shoulder. Rapid, throttle, yeah. you know what I mean? Rapid. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed that that side of things. Um, but, no, I wouldn't say I'd missed out on on being with my friends or or playing football with my mates. I think the only time I did not miss out on anything with my mates when, when, I, when I did go full-time with Coventry when I left school and, mm. you know, they were off doing their own thing or they went to colleges, universities, and, you know, I wasn't able to do that or do that with mm. them because the lifestyle I was now having to live, live because I wanted to be as professional as I could to make a, a career for myself in football.
0: Were you always, did you always start as a goalkeeper? Yeah. yeah. an early age? Yeah, I mean, I had no choice, really. I was going to, this well, yeah. is my next question. Was yeah. this,
1: yeah.
0: so coming from a football family, your dad played professionally mm. and he was a goalkeeper. Yeah. Was that a massive influence or did he... Sort of say you've got no choice, son you're playing in goal whether you like it or not, because I was a goalie,
2: yeah, or I mean I, was it I say I had no choice, but you know the way my dad was around football, I always made my own decisions, or I always had my own choice. he was always there to guide me even now, uh, obviously still with him now in football, and you know throughout my career, I always, I always had my dad to lean on in terms of football advice because uh, he'd obviously been he's been in football a long time, um but I was obviously from a young age, I was diving around. Um, and he was kicking balls at me I've got little photos of me as literally four years of old with, with a ball in my hands and I'm diving around the garden um, I think obviously naturally you have to have that little bit of ability to be a goalkeeper yeah. um, but because I was coached on it and brought up on it and brought up around it my whole life and my whole childhood um, I think it just come become more natural to me anyway I mean I'm, I used to come and watch my dad I used to come even down here at Averston, where we sit now, I used to come down and watch my dad play for Averston, and mm. you know he was a hero down here. The fans loved him, and I yeah. used to feed off that. And then, you know, I've seen him play for Tamworth, Hinckley. I used to go everywhere to training, Tuesday, Thursdays, games on a Saturday, home and away, no matter where it was. I've been down to Murford, Tidville with Averston, uh, and places like that, and all over the country, um, and just watching him play, um, watching that the crowd feed off him, and you know the way he was as a person, he wore his heart on his sleeve. I just wanted to. Mm to emulate what my dad had done in non-league mm-hmm. uh, in, but in my own way you know, yeah, taking yeah, bits, and I think that watching him installed bits into me that I needed in my game but obviously I had my own my own way of being a goalkeeper and my own way of, of being a person
1: and let's um, add it in there as well you've got to be fucking nuts to be a goalkeeper
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. So you, have. you have to be a different breed, mate. To stand in to stand in a goal and, and let people smack the ball at you and you've got to get in the way of it,
1: you've got to have something not there. I personally <laughs> think, though, obviously being the goalkeeper coach last year at Atherston, I wasn't a goalkeeper myself. Um, I think bravery, You've to make it in the game, you've got to be brave. Yeah. You've got to be able to jump at people's feet. You've got to be able to come out and close things down and potentially... Yeah. Get yourself knocked out. Yeah, Do you know what also I mean. Also hurt
0: I've other people. I've seen keepers come out to punch them all, but they have cleaned <laughs> someone else completely out. Haven't yeah, they, there's like?
2: a fine balance in that. I think obviously growing up in Ali probably helped me with that. In fairness, to <laughs> be honest, I mean it's not the greatest of places. I know people listening to this probably won't know where even Ali is or even exists, but so it yeah. is it, own, it is its own little world. Oh, I love it over there, yeah. mate. And you you know you've got to be a different breed to even live in Ali or be brought up or enter Ali these days. So yeah, and you know, then it it, it it was. I think it was installed in store to me, and I was, as I say, watching my dad the way he played football, <laughs> and he, he was, you know, one of the, the bravest p- p- players I'd ever seen on a pitch. The way he used to throw himself into people's yeah, yeah. feet and. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's that, but that's as you say, that's part and parcel of goalkeeping. You so. have, to be, have to be brave to be a goalkeeper, you have to be prepared to put your, your face online, you have to dive at people's feet, you have to get studs over your face. I mean, I've, I'm covered in cuts and bruises, I've got scars, I've got a metal plate in my cheek, you know what I mean? It's just, that's just part and parcel, you, yeah. and you get on with it. And it, it never stopped me from doing it again, it's just it,
0: it then becomes second nature, and you just do it.
1: Yeah, fair play, fair play to you, mate. Jesus Christ, <laughs> I won't be able to do it. <laughs>
0: So what? What's it like being part of a family where everyone is involved in football, pretty much? Your dad, <laughs> my assistant manager, but also he was a goalie. Courtney, your brother, yeah, he was a manager, mm-hmm. assistant manager. You got Ty, yeah. your brother, also a goalie. Is it just non-stop football? Your granddad's kicked man at Tamworth and all. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's it is obviously a lot of talk around the dinner table or anywhere is uh, is evolved around football. But that's because we're still all involved in in football in some capacity anyway. Um, obviously, there is been times to to switch off, but you know because we li- we have lived and breathed football for that long, yeah, it just yeah. is that is football conversation. We can't go, you know, ten minutes sat together without talking something about football. Or what you know, who signed for him, or you mm. know, it, you know, it's 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 a nice place to be if you like your football. It's a good place to be. Yeah, and you can tell so many stories, and you can, you know, you can. You can gather that much information around football; that it's brilliant. It is, it is great to be around.
1: I think, I think it's very easy when you look at this on a piece of paper. When you see like Cam's played in goal, Dale's played in goal, Courtney's played in goal, Ty's played in goal, but I can categorically state that they do put the ball away at some stage. <laughs> they do. I've, I've just come off a, a stag do with Cam and being around the whole family. Hey, to be
2: fair though, you were smashing, you were smashing our bodies at me down the strip, in now with <laughs> <laughs> so, don't give me that, put the ball away. Yeah. You're talking absolute rubbish. <laughs> Blasting balls at him at hey, street. <laughs> didn't drop one though, did I, so? No, you did. You did not. You did not. Not glue it, was <laughs> Always got a following. Hey, that, that was after 47 Magnus, I reckon. <laughs> Still <laughs> imagine got how it, good, Imagine how good it was back then.
0: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> fair play. There's, there's always a time to, uh, to have a play though, isn't there, weren't there? was oh, always mate. a time. Yeah,
1: it was non stop, honestly. We could talk about it for days, come not We mate. We could. Mate? Yeah. We could. Um, so let's move on to your first club away from mm. Coventry then, uh, Cam. So Berry, yeah, massive club Yeah, when you first went into them. Mm. Um, so obviously, how did that process go from when you were released? How did that move come about?
2: Well, I remember, I remember the conversation I sat down with uh, Ian Dowie, it was the manager who took over. And I'd done really well at Coventry. And I, you know what, I was with the first team every day and Mickey Adams was the manager and I got on really well with him got really well got on really well with the goal Coast, Seamus uh, McDonough and um, I'd, I'd, I'd had a squad number at Coventry I'd been in around the first team I'd used to do the warm-ups of the games and I'd been on the pre-season tour to America uh, played in, in for the first team over in American pre-season uh, and then the season hadn't petered out quite well and then Mickey Adams had the sack and uh, Ian Dowie come in and it was just a, just a change of a, a manager a change of opinion uh, called me in the office and just said listen we're not going to take you next season and you know, to me, that, I was devastated because that's all, as I said before, that was all I ever known, throughout football, and it hurt me. And uh, I remember going home, and I was when I was six, seventeen, and I, I, I thought I've got to tell my mum and dad that I've just been released from Coventry, I mean, I'm, it's a massive pride thing for me. I've got to tell my mates that, you know, I'm not going to be this footballer they're all mm. expecting me to be, or you know, my family expecting me to be. And I remember I remember sat in the in the house, and I, I told my mum and dad, and I burst into tears, mm. and um, it it was actually quite an emotional moment, and. I just said, I don't want to go back to Coventry. That was me done. And it was halfway through the season. I remember my dad was actually youth team manager at Averston. Mm. And um, a few years ago, Jimmy and all my mates were playing. So we go back to that time we played with my mates. And he'd signed all my mates because that was the youth team age back then. Yeah. Um, and they had a really successful season, to be fair. Won a cup, I think we have Hensford in the final. And Court was playing my brother. And he'd done his shoulder uh, literally the or like the week after I got released. I said, I'm not going back to Coventry. I said, why don't you come play for us then? So then I... I, I played for Averston youth team for the last few months of the season. Um, and then in the summer, I obviously wanted to stay full-time at full-time club. And I actually went over to the Czech Republic. Um, there was me and two other lads who'd just been released from like pro clubs. Um, lad Byron Webster, who's now plays for Bromley. He was at Brighton for a bit and Portsmouth, centre-half. And we went over three English lads in the Czech Republic for a team called FK Most, which they were in the top league in the Czech Republic then. Um I know we'd be Sparta Prague's and you know, proper side. So, mean, we went over there, and I think I was like 17. Um, went over there for like a couple of months, like a basic trial, really, trying to yeah. take some English in. And then, um, I remember saying to my dad, I said, I don't, I can't do this, you know what I mean? And I was like, I'm in an about whether to stay. I didn't, couldn't speak the language, I was young, felt a little bit homesick. And then I come back, and the season in England had just, just about to start pre season. Um, and I actually went to Kettering, who at the time, um, were full time. They'd just been taken over by a guy called Imran Ladek, and the manager the season before was Paul Gascoigne. Yeah. In between Paul Gascoigne and Ron Atkinson, and Mark Cooper took over. Uh, who obviously Coops I played for him for four different clubs now, so I knew anyway. And obviously it was at Tamworth when my, when my old man was there, um, and he'd actually offered me a really good deal to stay yep. to stay to sign there. But in between Tamworth, Tamworth, Tamworth wanted me to sign there as well. Who were National League at the time, but it was like number two. So I wanted to, again. I wanted to play. So. Um, it was weird because I played the whole of pre-season for Kettering. I am mm. just about to sign the week after. I think it was on a weekend. And then um, I got a phone call. Well, my dad got a phone call for, from a bloke called Keith Alexander, who, God rest his soul, passed away now. And he'd just, he just gone in and buried his director of football. Um, and he said, listen, our number two's got injured. Uh, we need another goalkeeper. Obviously, he knew bits and bobs about him. He said, um, will he come up and have a trial? And then my dad said, Well, Barry, wanted want you to play in this, uh, in a, like a trial game or whatever. I said, Listen, I, I'm going to sign for Kettering. Obviously, it was, this was National League North at the time. Right. Yeah. Um, and Barry were League Two. Um, I said, Listen, ring him back and tell him I'll play in the game. This was on the Monday. The game was Tuesday, Bake Up Borough Away, it was. I remember they're like step, I think they're step five now. Um, I said, But I need to know after the game whether they're going to take me or not. So we said, Oh, that's fair enough. So we, we drove up. Uh, on the Tuesday day to play in this game in a trial game for Berry. Uh, Berry. we won 2-0 I'd done really well actually yeah. and then after the game he pulled me in and said listen we'll definitely sign you but we've got no money uh, we're, we're in training tomorrow come in tomorrow I was like come in tomorrow he was like, obviously drove up from Nuneaton um, and I said well to me, dad we've got to go back to Nuneaton he said no we'll have to stay up so it was like this was I'm talking it's like 11 o'clock at night and it was like scratching around we'll see where to find like, we yeah. couldn't, I didn't know where to stay do
1: you have any clobber on you?
2: No, right. only had obviously the, the gear had gone up, gone, gone up in. Right. Um, we like knocked on a couple of B and B's, fully, fully booked, fully booked. We ended up um, staying. It was like a village hotel. Obviously, it was full. We ended up staying me and my dad in the car park of the village hotel, like sleeping in the car park. I remember, like the heaters on and that it was like a cold night. Like my dad was like awake all night. Uh, while I was like trying to sleep the heat was on and there's people coming around with torches and I'm like absolutely shitting it because I'm 17 yeah, yeah. you know what I mean in the middle of Berry, like mm, yeah. Manchester Berry's like a, a rough town mm. um, and didn't know what was going on and then obviously just, just so I could sign for Berry the next day and then the next day they called me and they said listen we want to sign you and they, but we'll, you know, we'll give you 100 quid and I'm thinking I'm 17 like 100 quid in League 2 I'm thinking you know you're thinking League 2 here there's going to be a decent amount of money and Ketchum like back then they were offering me like 350 quid and I'm a 17-year-old kid, this is like, I'm talking, what are we talking, nearly 20 years ago, 15 mm. years ago. A so of 350 that. quid for me, full-time, 17. Not as was far lot, away. No, on my doorstep, more or less, yeah. was a lot of money. But again, I said to my dad, I want to play in the Football League. So I ended up taking the deal at Berry for that season.
1: And obviously it turned out to be the right move in the end. Absolutely. So, obviously, with your time at Berry, we've got down that you had a loan spell at Worcester mm-hmm. and am I right in saying come that that was due to a lack of game time or...
2: yeah again that was that was my first season at Bury when I'd signed that year okay um and the manager we hadn't done very well Chris Casper was the manager who is now director of football at Salford uh, obviously he come through the class of 92 we like the Nevilles and Beckham and that um and he got the sack and Keith Alexander got the sack and a guy called Alan Neil come in um Who's now Wales' assistant manager? Yeah. to Robert Page. Um, he obviously the, 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 the was, game time was limited. Back then there was only five subs, so he didn't even put a keeper on the bench. Yeah. So I was like doing the warm ups yeah. and and bits and bobs, so I were not really involved in any any games. I was in on the bench. I, I just thought this is this isn't for me. So then he brought the goalkeeper coach in, Neil Cutler, who um, we had a, a real good chat with, him and real, we formed a real good bond. To be fair, and he really looked after me, and he said, "Listen, when you go out and play." And um, Worcester coming because Richard Dryden, who had been assistant manager at Tamworth when I played for Coops there, had just got the job at Worcester City. This was like Conference North back then. Um, He said, I need a keeper, you come and play. And I did. And um, to be fair, it was without, I think, without that loan move. My my career probably probably wouldn't have panned out as it did because of I was stagnating at Berry. I were not even involved, weren't doing anything, and that, that's I, what I was in the end, say. I played thirty odd games in the Conference North yeah. at seventeen years of age.
0: That's and what it, you it don't regret me into that. A then. Bloke. No, not at all. It was the best best decision I ever made. Good. No, that's and, that's that's, cause I going, that's what we had sort of down as was it important for you to go out and get game time? Yeah. Was that like I need to get out and get game time? Yeah, like massive. you just said that it's probably not well saved your career in terms yeah. of into where you've yeah been because what, what that
2: did then that that earned me a new deal at Bury because yeah. what I did I played and, and Neil would, would watch a few games because he was based in Telford that's where he used to live and used to travel up to Bury used to travel up and down with him uh, a few a few times to training when I was coming back this way because obviously I'd moved up to Bury then um, and he'd come to watch a few games and obviously seen my performances and I'd done really well like won a couple of Player of the months won like an end of season award which was obviously rare for a lone player to win any awards yeah, at the club yeah, anyway yeah. Um, and then I ended up playing the last game of the season for Bury in that season Accrington away and that's when I made my debut in the Football League uh, away at Accrington I come on for like the last 20 minutes of the game <clears throat> in a game which was actually in the end I didn't know at the time but was actually fixed and there was six Accrington players that got banned from football for fixing that wow. match because there was nothing uh, on the game yeah. and I think there was like the average the betting on the game was like 30,000 but this game was like 250 grand put on this game no, so yeah. it got, invest- got investigated and then they had Berry to win 2-0 and Andy Bishop to score a penalty. So one of the lads who got um, got done took Bish out in the box for a penalty to score and 2-0. So then in the end, when I'd come on, the game was like a dead rubber because no one wanted to score. They didn't want us to score and they couldn't score. Yeah. Can, you, can you imagine if he
1: took it. Bish out and he injured him and he'd <laughs> had to come yeah, off? Yeah. <laughs> he'd have been
2: done. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Well, that was the game I made my debut. And that's, that's how I remember it because of them that incident. Um but, yeah, and then from then, it was a natural progression at Bury and myself a new contract. Um, the season after that, I didn't play, but I didn't even go out on loan either. That was the season when I think they changed it to then seven subs. So I was on the bench every week and I was more involved and I was in and around the squad and I felt more part of yeah. it. You know, and there was a more... Ownership. I played a couple of games then in, like, the the Johnson's Paint Trophy games and then I'd come on a sub in a couple of games, uh, like Wickham away and then Rotherham away, I think it was the other one in that season. Um and then it just progressed from there, really. Was it a proud
0: moment for you to make your Football League debut?
2: Yeah, it was. And in fact, my mum and dad were there that day. They they'd come us. up and um, my dad didn't see it because he was like... I remember my mum telling me like he was nervous as anything because I'd there, been told yeah. I'd been playing. So obviously they'd come up because they knew I was going to play. Yeah. And... Um, I think when I come on, my dad was actually behind the stand, being sick oh, like he really? was that bad because <laughs> <laughs> I remember, dad, "What are you doing, dad? <laughs> I didn't even see it, so I, I didn't know. I did, obviously didn't yeah, know yeah. where they were in the stand because it was very and Accrington's quite a local game, um, so there's always a good crowd like and they fill the beyond behind the goal at Accrington, and um, yeah, my mum obviously took it all in, but my dad I think was yeah, yeah. spewing his ring up behind because <laughs> he was like, nervous. But <laughs> bless him. But no, it was it was it obviously I'd worked my. I had the vision in my head that I was going to play in the football. I was going to play professional yeah. football, and then that moment to actually step on the pitch and an accomplishment was the best feeling in the world. After the game and the whistle when I just thought, "Yes, this is this is what I wanted." But now I always had that mindset to be: where can I go now? Yeah, Where's fair, the next yeah, step for mentality. me? Where can I get to? Where can I, where can I take this to? Yeah, fair play. So, and that
1: was it. Super. So there's a subject here that I want to talk about, Cam, and I hope that you're happy to talk about it. Bury versus Chesterfield. Does that <laughs> ring any bells?
2: Just a few, mate. Yeah. So. Not what the uh, the ding dong boxing bells.
1: what The b- ring, ring, <laughs> as we should say. Uh, you were punched in the face hmm. by a by a fan, yeah. Cam. Verbally abused in the game, uh, and you actually went on to win the game three two to secure promotion <laughs> yeah. to League One. Yeah. Talk us through what that was like and uh, what uh, happened. Yeah, and what exactly
2: happened. Uh. Well, obviously, there's a, there's a the magnitude of the game was massive because in the build-up set, I think it was like a Boxing Day weekend. Uh, yeah, Bank Holiday weekend, sorry, Boxing Day. Bank Holiday weekend, so I think it was Bank Holiday Monday and it's towards the end of the season, so there's a lot on it. They were, I think, if they'd have won the game, they'd have won the league. Yeah. And obviously, if we'd have beat them and results gone our way, we'd have got promoted, which we did in the end. Um, and, and if we obviously we beat them, we could have still won the league. Um so it was like on it. obviously it was a big sellout crowd. I think it was like just over twelve and a half thousand there at, on, on that day. Um, and the game was it was an unbelievable game of football. Not for a goalkeeper, I mean, was, you want to keep clean sheets, but for for a neutral, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Three two, it was like one nil, one one, two one, two two, and then we nicked it late on Ryan Lowe. And I think it was when they went when it went to two two because we went one nil up, and then it went one one, and they they ran on the pitch a little bit. Right. And it wasn't to that extent and then we scored 2-1 because obviously I'm getting as a goalkeeper you're the nearest to the, the crowd anyway you you more or less hear everything that's being shouted at you as much as you try to block it block it out you can hear lots even of when st- there's that many Yeah, you can hear lots of things because there's a lot of individual bits you can hear I'm getting I'm getting abused. As I do at every game of football I ever play in, I get abused, no matter where it is. It doesn't matter. No matter if I've played there, maybe it's a previous club, I get abused. Play for it the just, it's dog just, and duck yeah, on the it's Sunday. just me. Oh, mate, I played the, <laughs> mate I've, I've played for... Mate, um, I've played for... What's the pub called? They do the nice grand. Malt, R- malt Shovel. Yeah. I played for the Malt Shovel on the Sunday, got abused, nearly got attacked one, yeah. one Sunday. Got chased off the pitch. Right. <laughs> but I was signing for... Cut a long story short. I was signing, signing for Swindon the next day and I knew I was signing for Swindon but I hadn't sorted it and I was playing outfield for the Malt Shovel centre midfield and I, oh ended up, I ended up at the end of that season I ended up being at Swindon in the playoff semi-final at Bramwell Lane away and ended up sitting in Wembley Stadium at the end of the season that's how mad football is yeah. but yeah going, going back to that mate um, it, it, yeah, we went to 2-2 and then they invaded the pitch and obviously I'd been giving it loads like when we yeah, went 2-1 yeah. up so when they went 2-2 Obviously, they've all ran on the pitch, and obviously, I'm looking at the pitch, and there stands behind me, so they've all invaded the pitch, and I, I didn't, I didn't really see it because I'm looking up the pitch, and then all of a sudden, I just hear a like crack, and I've been hit, and I look, I look round, and because there's like thousands of people invaded the pitch, yeah. I didn't have a clue what was going on, yeah, until I'd obviously seen it after, like I've gone, like, 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 I've felt my face because. That season, at the start of that season around the November, I broke my cheekbone and an eye socket. So I had a metal plate fitted and I think the game before that, I was still wearing my mask to play in because I had to wear a protective mask till the end of the season. And I took it off in the like the game before or that, just a couple of games before. So I, the only thing I was conscious about was my face going again, because it was it was new. Um, so I put my hand on my face, and then, like, luckily the ref had seen it. So the ref looked, was watching me the whole time. He said, "I've noted it," and obviously he had to tell the relevant parties, the police, whatever. And then it got investigated. And the only time I'd seen it really was in the newspaper. After it was all over the like the newspapers and goalkeeper been attacked, and there's pictures of like young girls giving me the fingers. Yeah, and, awesome. You know, there's actually a picture of a lad hitting me in my face like on. Yeah, yeah. you know, like when you can see slow mo with the boxes and the faces all scrunched yeah. up. That's what it was. And I was like, but to be fair because of the game and obviously we ended up winning it was all forgotten about in my eyes you know what I mean Until, did, you, did you carry on yeah carried on mate yeah it was all the game was carried on and we obviously I don't know how long was to go it must have been
1: about 15 minutes to go and we scored about 5 to go and absolutely went mental I bet uh, it's hard to con- you know when you've scored that third goal though Cam hmm. I bet it was hard for you to control your emotions because oh, you no, just no. been clobbered
2: yeah I was knee sliding and everything <laughs> <laughs> don't you worry about that son I was giving it back <laughs> but I okay. knee slid away from the stand yeah. <laughs> Just to be sure. And to be fair, as soon as the final whistle went, just before the final whistle, I remember the referee saying to me, I'm going to I'm gonna let you know when I'm blowing the whistle, run. Yeah. So as soon as you blew the whistle, I ran down the other end of the pitch towards about towards the Berry fans because we took over 2,500 fans to Chesterfield that day. So we packed out behind the one goal and down the side of the other.
1: I think that's enough. I mean, I might be wrong here, but I think I'm right. Some goalkeepers that you meet, that's enough to put them off for life.
0: Yeah. I mean, I Do think you know since I mean, then, yeah, no, something like that can put... Even a player, anyone off? There. off yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Constantly you don't looking over your fo- shoulder. Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, I think it's happened to a few goalkeepers. Obviously, goal- as I say, goalkeepers are an easy target because they're the closest to the fans. Mm. You get abused, and it's the first person you meet if you run on the pitch. I think mean,
0: Chris Kirkland
2: yeah. as well had
0: it with yeah. him. I think he's playing for. I Wiggin was going to mention time. that. Like, how do you deal with the abuse you get from the from the from the fans? Like you say, you're closest to the fans. Mm. And I've heard the stuff it says, you know, like me being a physio, walking around the side, I've had abuse of yeah. fans for being a physio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm just side thinking, what the heck's going on here? I'm here to, to just do just, my job, just do my job, and I'm here to the, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> helping, I'm
2: helping people here, I'm getting <laughs> abused.
0: I went up north once with Barwell and honestly, I got absolutely rinsed. And I was like, I was young. I was like, what the hell? Was like, the what was going I found him, oh, they're, they're calling me Harry Potter and all sorts. Well, they weren't going to say it. But, um, yeah, how do, you, how do you find that? Me and goalkeeper? you here, it, I'm not Voldemort. You're Harry Potter. <laughs> That's brilliant. Hey, how about the, Dobby
2: over there?
1: <laughs> <laughs> He
0: cut me off! I'm done. Oh God! But anyway, oh, right. Let's bring this back down. So, how do you find that as a goalkeeper? Do you have to like teach yourself to sort of not let it affect you and not let it affect your game? Because you know, there's a lot of things that get said towards. Oh yeah, mate. Yeah, a lot of personal things as well.
2: Um, and as I say, I go back to like previous clubs. And had it bad last year from like Radcliffe. And Radcliffe fans like obviously I knew a lot of the fans personally, and they knew like my family, like my now ex partner and my kids, and they were saying stuff about my family to me, and it was it was actually quite hurtful. And in them instances, you have to block it off a lot of the time, mate. It's like a bit of banter. Fans are saying stuff, oh you fat, whatever, you're shit. You know what I mean? And you know you're just a fat Fabian Barthez, which I'll take because Fabian (laughs) Barthez was one of the heroes, and he was unbelievable. I loved him, (laughs) absolute showman, but you do have to block it out mate and I said you can hear everything and to be fair the majority of the times and I found what helped me was I used to give it back yeah and a lot of fans can't help it but uh, can't take it but used to give it back and then they used to smile and just go, yeah, ah, yeah he's it. all right. Yeah. He's actually all right. It's a little bit of banter. And then they always shake. I always, always made a point of shaking hands with the fans behind the goal after. And go, because you know, I'm, not, I'm not bitter. Yeah. You know, I'm not a bitter person. I know they're here to enjoy the football and I'm trying to do, I'm trying to destroy their day by not letting their team score yeah. in the day. But that's part and parcel of the game. But, mm. but when it gets a little bit personal, it can, yeah. it can hurt a little bit and it, it, it has at certain stages in my career. Um, but as I say, you have to try and block that out and, and rise above it in them instances.
0: So, you get Barry promoted. Yeah. You're now in League One. Yeah. that was a step up? Massive, yeah. Massive. Yeah. T- um,
1: see, we, had, we, we had, obviously, I don't want to keep referring back to old episodes, but they just stick in my mind. And Gudge took a, a lot of jumps, didn't he? And um, I can't imagine what it, the difference is like between League One and League Two. Not in a negative way, in a positive It must be so fucking hard. Mm. Well, well the, the caliber of players that yeah, you're playing yeah. against. Yeah, yeah. It, we,
2: I mean, there were some big clubs in it that year. Um, we played Huddersfield away first game of season, and that was a, that was an eye opener because that was a big club, Huddersfield. It still is now, obviously, Championship. Yeah. Um, we drew one-one actually. I, think I, I made a save. I remember, well, remember it because it was my obviously first game in League One, and I made a save last kick of the game from Owen Gold uh, I sent her off Mark Hughes it's like cannoned off it's going to the top corner I've gone the other way and then tipped it round and I always remember that game for that reason um, but the, as, as you say like you know your Sheffield's 90s at the time were playing with like James Beattie and Chad Evans up, up top and you know there's some, there's some top players in that league Sheffield Wednesday were in it then I'm trying to think there's some there was some real big clubs and the, and the quality I mean we stayed in that league for two years uh, the first year we'd done alright we just finished above me table and then the second year we, we got relegated um, but I think because of the, the club and the resource the resources we had at Bury and, and the size of it, it was it was never really capable of competing with them sides at that time. Um, but the, obviously the standard of players and the quality of teams and the, you know, the resources in that league compared to League Two was was a massive jump because League Two is probably the easiest league to get out of, I'd say, because four are promoted. You yeah, go to top three yeah. and then one through the playoffs. So it's possibly the easiest league to get out of and then to obviously then compete in the next level is massive.
1: Mm, so... Coming to the end of Bury then Cam, So you spent four or five seasons. Did they offer you anything to stay when you when no. you decided to push on? I think I spent. I think I spent nearly five, maybe six years there. In yeah. the end, um,
2: we'd we'd gone through a period where towards the end of the season, when I was leaving for three months, we hadn't been paid. Um, there was a few issues with finances.
0: I think. Uh, was this at the time when they sort of? The club basically finished. That, as well. I think that
2: was probably the start of it. In fairness,
0: because the owner that then came in
2: when I left, unbeknown to anyone, everyone at the time, then ran it into the ground, and then someone else took over, and did exactly the same. And it, I think it was a slippery slope okay. from the time that that season I left in League One. Um, Kevin Blackwall had just took over as manager halfway through the season, and <laughs> he's he's another one. He's one where. It was the wrong appointment anyway for Berry. The lads hated him from the minute he walked in. He was giving it the big, and he. Tried, I think he said in his first ever interview that how how can we play like Barcelona and we've got players uh, like got Bogdan Regis players. And I remember the, the lads in the change rooms on the Monday in the, at training were like, "He's a fucking idiot. We can't play for him."
0: Lost um, um, the dressing room. He'd lost away. the
2: dressing room straight away, and we had a good group of lads because the lads that we did have had stuck together through the time of being promoted from League Two, had played in League One for the season, done well, and then played. The, the following season and not done so well, but because of obviously the uproar and the not being paid and that, I think Gary Neville paid a month's wages one, one, uh, one month to keep us going. Mm. Um, cause his mum Jill was our secretary at oh, really? secretary for re- re- years. Yeah. And it, the dad, uh, Neville, um, he was director at Berry for, for years before, before I was there. So they've always been got, then they're from Berry, yeah. Gary and Phil. So they're a Berry family. So he'd helped out there. um, yeah and then obviously at the end of the season I didn't even get, have a conversation with the manager. I think that they, yeah. they released about ten of us, and I, I remember getting a letter through the post to say you've you, you're done like the time's done, which for you know for six years of service to to a club it's not the right it, way it weren't the right way, and I never had a conversation and, and do you know what i never never chased it up and
0: you know I made a move elsewhere, yeah because we got here after leaving, Barry, you joined tamworth yeah yeah, so again, did you have any other offers? than yeah. Tamworth and and what made you choose Tamworth <clears throat> the
2: the the only reason I signed for Tamworth was my dad because mm. my dad was manager yeah. mm. he'd just he'd, he'd been in charge the season before he'd kept them up in the National League and he'd been appointed as permanent manager and they were full time so I was still being full time that's obviously the classed as a professional club yeah. and and I say this and people have asked me this and you know why did you go from League One to, to the National League at the time and mm. It was because of my dad. And if my dad wasn't manager, I wouldn't have signed for Tamworth. Because ultimately, for my football career, and I know my dad wouldn't mind me saying this, it was the wrong move for me.
0: Okay. And
2: that's possibly the only time in my whole career when I've probably made the wrong decision football wise. Um and that's me being honest. And I had I had I could have gone to Warsaw, could have gone to Scumfort, I met the Scumfort manager Brian Laws at the time. I had a conversation with Warsaw, who we were obviously in League Two, both in League Two and and I, you know, I'd, I'd, looking back now, I'd have probably chose things differently. Yeah. But you know, I had a good season in the National League at Tamworth. Um, you know, as again, I won all the award, end of season awards. And I Imagine was, that you played ne- every. I played game. every single game. Yeah. yeah, I played you know nearly sixty games in all FA Cup. We had a good FA Cup run. Got to the second round. Played Bristol on the TV. Bristol City uh, played every every game of every cup. Uh, mm. Kicked every ball. Really.
1: Mm.
2: I mean, I was twenty four, so
1: not even in your prime. No, no, nowhere near.
2: No, so I, you know. Although I made the decision for for the right reasons in terms of family and my dad did probably football reasons it wasn't. But you know, I had a good season and I ended up from there Tamworth really, the way it finished and obviously we got relegated from the National League. Yeah. It, it was then I then found it hard <clears throat> to then get a move off the back of yeah, that, in yeah. fairness. Because I wanted to stay at that professional level but I don't think I, I could because I dropped out of the league and people always you to say to me, Once you drop out of the league, it's hard to get back in and I did find it hard, yeah.
1: That that was that was the next question, weren't it, Cookie? Can you describe what the feelings like to get relegated, Cam?
2: What's it yeah, like? Yeah, disgusting, disgusting. I, I mean, I hate it emotionally. It was horrible, and and it was even worse for me because it was that emotional attachment in terms of my family. And yeah, for my dad in it, and it hurt more, and it cared, and it meant more. Um, obviously my granddad was kit man as well. Yeah, Court would come in as goalie coach. Yeah. Um.
1: Ty was only a baby, weren't he? Yeah,
2: yeah. Ty was still at Liverpool at the time, I think. Right. Uh. So yeah, it it was hard. It was hard. And Tamworth was another club that I'd been around my whole life because my, dad, my dad's my yeah, dad's from Tamworth. My granddad's from Tamworth, yeah. and they played for the club. My dad played at Wembley for Tamworth, and the FA Vars won the FA Vars there at Wembley. Mm. So, you know, he's he had a, a massive attachment to, to Tamworth, and, and I did as well because of the family situation. And to see them go down, and uh, that that situation was was tough to take. Um, but I, I'd say it probably it probably. Teaches you more getting relegated than than getting promoted. You know what I mean in terms of that. Uh, in terms of that toughness around football. Yeah,
1: I completely agree. I mean, my old man always taught me that every alley isn't a loss. Mm. It's a lesson, learn. isn't it? Yeah, you and learn. The other yeah, day. yeah. You learn more about yourself we and do, you yeah. Uh, yeah. learn more about the people around you. I think.
0: Yeah. No, definitely. Um, must have, like you said, taught a lot. Taught you a lot about mm. the game. I suppose as well the fans aspect of. You know the fans come to watch you for thick and thin, and you get that—I suppose—that emotional attachment yeah. as well. To go, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah we've messed yeah. up here. That's yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult. I mean,
2: you can only apologise to the people that, yeah, yeah. you know, paying you, money you to come in to. And they yeah. pay them hard-earned money every week to come watch you play, and you know it's hard because you want to give them the best experience that they can and be successful. Everyone wants to be successful in everything they do. You know what I mean? Yeah. When we signed for Tamworth, we were like, well. Well, why can't we have aspirations of yeah, no, doing definitely. well, win the league, or get promoted? And you know, we again that league that year, the national league. In fairness, was tough. And I think Tom have got relegated that year on the highest points tally they'd ever gotten at that level of football. That's how that's how high the standard was that year in that league. Mm. You know, with your your Rexums, your Lutons. You know, them
0: them teams are in there. So I think that year you went down, Luton went up. I think I think possibly. I read, I yeah, think I read that could, yeah. Luton won it, and then you go out. But like even today. The National League is probably oh, one mate. of the yeah, toughest scary. ones. It's to the toughest league to get out of. Toughest yeah. league to get out of, yeah. yeah. You know, I
2: played in it again for Wrexham. Um, Wrexham's a, no, obviously, they're out of it now. But that's a massive club in in, in non-league that should never have been in non-league. I mean, yeah. we, when we were doing well, we were getting like eight, nine 9,000, 10,000 fans a week at Wrexham. I mean, it's, it's scary, the size of that club. Yeah. Mm. You know, They should never have be been in non-league. But they ended up being in non-league for, what, nearly nine, ten 10 years, I think it was. That's how tough it is and to get And they are up
1: and down that table as yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. Up and down it. Hi guys, it's Davo from the Non-League Treatment Room Podcast. We just want to give you a quick message about one of our sponsors, Kitstop. Kitstop offer a wide range of kit for all types of sport, which can be printed and embroidered in-house. Top quality and deal with most of the leading brands. Check out their website, kitstop.co.uk, or check out the link below. Cheers, guys.
0: So, between that sort of time after Tamworth, you seem to move to a number of different clubs. Mm-hmm. So we got here. You went to Mansfield, yeah. which was League Two, Rushall Northern Premier, Swindon Town League One, Malt Shovel, Malt Shovel <laughs> <In between. yeah. laughs> on the <a> Sunday, yeah, <laughs> Wrexham National League. Was that difficult in terms of you couldn't settle into a club and you were sort of up and down the leagues in yeah. search?
2: Yeah, I think, as I say, this was off the back of me going signing for Tamworth. I'd, I'd then gone to Mansfield because uh, I was just wanted to get back in the Football League and, the, and um, I'd signed a, a non-contract at Mansfield, which is obviously unheard of in, yeah. in, in in the Football League, just to get back in there.
1: Mm.
2: I'm next to nothing. Peanuts, obviously, a lot less than what I was on at Tamworth at the time. Um, and I probably lasted two months. Two months at Mansfield and I wasn't playing and I didn't see any any natural progression for me there in terms of getting in the team that just wasn't happening and then that's the first time I'd really dropped into non-league and I signed for Rushall who was obviously step three at the time in non-league and um, I kind of lost my way a little bit then to be fair because it was the, that was the first time where I had to get myself a real job Yeah, okay. and I was like what am I going to do? I couldn't do anything I, I had a mate Lee Hildreth I was at Coventry with, yeah, yeah I know. top lad. He went my
1: school, Leeds, yeah. top Parts lad. Of, yeah,
2: great, yeah. great lad. And Lee's one of my best mates. Obviously, was at Coventry Together since the age of seven, yeah, all the way through. And obviously, he, when I got released at Coventry, he had a pro, and great he, player as well. Uh, yeah, he was. and he obviously he's down in history as the shortest career in college. Yeah. yeah, history in he because yeah. think it's like ten seconds come on at Burnley away. I remember we went out in and eating after that night. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> done
0: some damage. Yeah, <laughs> um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Spending his appearance fee. Yeah. His second appearance <laughs> yeah.
2: fee. Yeah. So obviously at the time, he was he was working, with, uh, he was working on the railway after yeah. he had a job in the office. And he said to me, he said, uh, he said, why don't you come and do some work on the railway? I was like, Jesus Christ. This is my first real taste of job. And I was like, mm. he said, this is the course. You have to do this course. And, um, and at the time it was like, for, I went in the best place financially. And Lee actually, Lee actually paid for my course wow. to do the railway. Um, I was because I'd come out I was unemployed and I got the money back from the PFA like professional football say, Association. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you could do courses but what it was you, you do the course and once you completed it they reimburse it yeah, so right. he said I'll give you the money when you get the money back I'll do it so without him I'd have never got that job Um and again, I, like, I, probably, I didn't last very long on the railway because it's a tough old shift. And I was playing yeah. for Rushall. We were playing teams. I remember playing like Workington away yeah. on a Saturday. Track. I got sent off at, for Rushall at Workington away. So my head's all over the place. And then I'm coming back down to Rushall, meet all the lads in like we used to meet in a car at like Junction 10 on the M6 and then drive up to Lancaster to work on the railway and lift the tracks up and that. And I thought, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a conversation with Co- Mark Cooper at Swindon. And he said, why don't you just come down and train? I was like, "Yeah, sounds." So then they ended up going to Swindon. I left Rushall in between the Malt shovel.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and Shout out for Swindon! Shout out! I Swindon. I, yeah. I, I not
2: I'd signed a contract to Swindon, and I didn't get paid because my brother was at Swindon at the time, and I just stayed with him. He said, "Come <laughs> and stay with me," you know. And I'd, I'd signed, and then I ended up playing for Swindon.
1: Well, this is my next point, yeah. Cam. You you made one appearance for Swindon, mm. and fucking hell, <laughs> what what an appearance it was! I'm right in saying that that's the game where. Your brother was sent off mm. for a was it. An yeah, out, outside...
2: well, well back then if you brought someone down in the box, the goalkeeper, you got sent off. You can't do it now because of double jeopardy, can't you? Can yeah. you? So he obviously lad's been put clean through, one on one, he's gone down, legged him up, ref, red card. So I'm on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> um and I'm thinking, what's going on here? And to be fair, I already had a history of saving penalties. Yeah. You know, Fucking as, I as, as you, you know, funk, obviously, yeah. Danny, that we're uh, <laughs> established in Um So I was quite confident.
1: Were you the only other goalie on the bench, Cam? Yeah. Was there yeah. another one? Or well,
2: sh- there was Wes Fodringham, but obviously because it was last game of season yeah. and Swindon had already made the playoffs, they were kind of resting a load of players because we, we were playing Sheffield United away mm. on the Tuesday. This was a Saturday, Leighton Orient at home. And Leighton Orient were desperate to win and they actually got relegated that day because they didn't beat us. And obviously I've come on for my brother mm. and then saved the penalty. Mate, my dis- only appearance for Swin. Describe my, that for me, please. My first ever
1: touch. And you've spoke to me, obviously, when we went away, you, me and you had a little chat about this, and you said when you walked in there and you got both shirts with Belford on the back, yeah, yeah. It, it was an unbelievable Incredible, feeling, yeah. weren't it?
2: Yeah, I think Preston away was the first game where Ty, Ty played and I was on the bench. And just seeing our shirts there together was unbelievable. But the, 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 the defining moment was the Wembley, Wembley one, when we walked into the stadium at Wembley for mm. the playoff final. Mm. And it's got Belford and then... C Dot Belford mm. and him sat next to each other like Wembley. It was incredible. You know what I mean? To, to even be in a, in a match day squad at Wembley for a, mag, uh, yeah. for a game of that size, anyway, yeah. is incredible. But to experience it with your brother oh. is it, it, an incredible feeling. Yeah, that's and, special. Um, that is special. And we still have, we've got like big photos of it up in the house and that. And it, 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 it's great. And they're, they're, they're kind of the, some of the moments that you, you cherish in football.
0: Definitely. So we've touched on that. You, you, you went to Wrexham. Yeah. That was under Kev Wilkin. No, no, Gary Mills. Gary, sorry, yeah, yeah. So Kev Wilkin was there, but Gary Mills, yeah, who replaced him, didn't they? So you joined Wrexham. Yeah. Um, Gary Gary Mills brought you in. So how was that? How did?
2: Yeah, I mean, I played for. I'd, I'd been around Millsy anyway, and um, I think you no, know, he was obviously Tamworth managing. My dad was his goalie coach at Tamworth and uh, in between my days off when I used to be at Bury I used to go and train with Tamworth because they were full time back then I used to have like, my days off I used to go and train with Tamworth I used to come back to and and I used to go in with my dad and train with Tamworth so I was trying, I was trying to get a bit of extra in and then I built up quite a good relationship with Millsy to be fair um, and, he, and then he took over at Wrexham obviously, obviously I was at Swindon um, and then he just he, he rang me up and said you, you know, I'm going in at Wrexham will you come in? because he tried to sign me previously at Tamworth when I yeah. was going to sign for Kettering. Mm. Uh, as i spoke about previously and um i said yeah definitely he said it's an unbelievable club and to be fair it, it is an unbelievable club mm. and i probably and it's probably the only club i've played for where i probably didn't do myself any justice in terms of my performances that's that's probably the, the only club I've, I've been at where i didn't perform as as well as i thought i could what
1: do you I think I don't that know was what for? i don't know why that can't was can't put your well, finger
2: on it i do i do kind of know why that was and that was because Millsy Millsy was from the old school he was like your Brian Clough obviously he played in he'd, he's a Champions League winner he's won the European Cup final for, for Nottingham Forest wow. mm. under Brian Clough so he kind of modelled himself on Brian Clough like his training sessions were unorthodox we, sometimes we used to turn up at training and he used to say right lads let's run around that like jump over that fence so walk around that cow field or go and run and touch that tree over there. Come back, right? Really? You're done, you done, lads. Or you'd say like tomorrow we're going to be in at like two o'clock in the afternoon. There was no real structure to your day, and <clears throat> there was the there started to be like a big drinking culture at Wrexham in the year I was there. And I got myself, you know, I, yeah. I've always been a I've lad's a good, drink, and yeah, I've always yeah, been a lad. Yeah. I've always been the life and soul of a party, and I've unlo- yeah. I'm very hard for me to say no to anything yeah. in terms of being out with lads or anything that I thought was. You know, living in the moment kind of thing. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. I can't say no to anything. You know what I mean. Lead See me doing the splits in the middle of Fuera, You know what I mean. Unbelievable, by the way. <laughs> and you did it at your brother's wedding. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. One. Unbelievable. <laughs> That's class. <laughs> but like, you know, just I just I just couldn't do it. And I think I got myself caught up into that too much. You know what I mean. And I think it's easily done. Yeah, though, Cam. yeah. It was just because there was that many lads, and we we're all like some of them lads have staying away, and they'd, they'd have a house in Wrexham where the lads who weren't local mm. to the area or Manchester based like because obviously North Wales is only an hour from Manchester and I was living in Manchester so all the other lads that were coming from afar or different like London we signed lads from there. were living in a house together and it was absolute carnage yeah. to be fair there was nights out all the time we'd like out in Chester which was a local place and Wrexham like every weekend weeknights and I think Millsy kind of because Millsy loved to drink himself we used to do like our, M- Millsy's Millsy's known for on Fridays he used to we used to so all the way trips from and We're all overnight stays. Yeah. Because um, obviously the, the distance and that. So we used to travel down on a Friday, train in Northampton and go to his local pub. He's from Northampton. We used to go to the Head in <laughs> Northampton. And they used to have like game of darts, skittles, pool, like killer and that. There used to be like sausage chips and everything. It's like proper really? old school. And lads You say, lads, if you want a beer, have a beer. You should have a beer. And, and I remember, one, I remember one, uh, one, one weekend, it was my birthday weekend, on the Friday, it's my birthday on the Friday in October, and we're playing Woking Away. Um, and he said, for your birthday, no, it's your birthday, everyone's got to have a drink, That's Cam's birthday. And like, I got him really well with like, he was, um And was probably up until that point where that was the turning point for me, where he, then he left me out of the team after this because of the, what I've escalated on the back of this. And um, I was absolutely bladded. Right, like bladdered. and um, this is the only one time I've ever had a drink on a Friday. Normally, I'm a proper professional. I never touch a drink in the week ever. Yeah. Ever still to this day, I don't touch a drink. Saturday weekends, I'll have a I'll have a good go and make up for it. Yeah. Um, but Friday never ever touch a drop eat properly on a yeah. Friday never, no because I feel in my head if I do, if I eat the wrong thing or I drink That's this it, yeah. I'm done on a Saturday I'm sort not of in the ro- superstition yeah, I'm, I'm not in the right frame of mind to play mm. so this Friday I just got carried away it's my birthday lads are like you're buying your drinks all the lads are having a few drinks There's how old were you come at playing.
1: that what birthday was it can you remember it's got to be 26
2: maybe 27 still young then mate you know what I mean oh, oh, no, so yeah, still easy mate. to young naive in yeah. football yeah and because I think because of going back to all my mates when I said about they were going to college and university and doing the party scene and that, and I was dedicated to football, I kind of missed out on all that kind yeah. of thing. Although I did get involved now and again, I kind of missed out on that. I did it in my own my own little bit through football. So my football uh, circles was my drinking circles. You mm. know what I mean in in that, in that respect. So yeah, I got absolutely bladdered and the the mad thing was that we played working away on the next day, and we won one nil, and I kept a clean sheet, and I thought, oh my god, have I just done this? I remember the ball coming in to me. I remember the warm-up, actually. I was trying to catch foliage. So I literally couldn't see the ball. Wow. It was that bad. Honestly, <laughs> I felt so ashamed of myself. And I'm thinking, I'm going to have to do it. So I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. And the ball came into me. I caught one ball. I went to throw it. Threw it straight to the left winger. And he like, threw one goal. And I'm thinking, this is going to be a long day, this, today. Yeah. But in that. the end, we won 1-0. And I was like... Absolutely. I don't know how we, how we got away with it, I do not know. But yeah, I think after the back of that, Millsy wasn't too happy with me and then he called, yeah. me, called me into the office and there's a couple of other lads that had that got involved in it. Because once we got down to the hotel at Woking, assistant manager Darren Caskey had said to us, listen lads, you can have one more drink and then off you get, like, have some food because you have like your night meal before the, yeah. the game. So have another drink and get off so we'd had a drink and then we was like i was on my phone like googling the nearest like bar restaurant or club or whatever yeah. like booked like a booth in Woking city center so we didn't, didn't go to the end but we found a pub up the road yeah um there were like four of us or four or five of us and then uh, we just carried on drinking until about two three in the morning i remember like getting back to the hotel and sausage rolling through the reception and, <laughs> like, like, that's how bad it was so <laughs> bad it was like and it, honestly it was carnage but i think after that obviously he got milsey got wind of that and then um, called us into the office and that was the end of me at Wrexham, really. really? Is, that,
0: is that how the move to Stranraer come about then?
2: Yeah, again, obviously I wasn't playing. I played the odd game back in the team at Wrexham. He'd brought mm. someone else in on loan. Uh, I played the odd odd game. And he'd, he'd frozen me out, really. I weren't even training with the lads then. Oh, um, right. I was just training on my own. I remember kicking balls up into the air, and I was being a bit of an idiot. Really, kicking balls up to the air and catching them, my own, shouting keepers, and you know, just like kind of, <laughs> you know, doing my own thing and not involved in training. So I was like training myself, like yeah. uh, kicking the balls up the wall and volleys, and you know, stuff like that. And um, and then Stramrak come in for me on loan, and I was like, I, and I'll be honest, I didn't, I didn't know anything about Stramrak.
1: No, no, but
2: because it was just it was going to be a new adventure to me. I was like, yeah, do you know what? I'll do it. And I went mm. on
1: loan and. I, you know, I spent two and a half years there, which was incredible. So, you know, when, obviously, moving on to your career at Stram Ra in Scotland now, just one thing that I wanted to ask you, Cam. All them clubs that you played for previous, before moving to Stram Ra, were you always based in one place, or were you moving around, or...? No, I'd been... I'd, when I moved
2: from uh, from and when I signed for Bury... I'd moved to Bury Right. Uh, and then I was kind of always based around like the Manchester area i moved okay. from like Cheshire yeah. Cheshire area Yeah, um, and then obviously up until then yeah I'd, no yeah and then I moved back sorry when I was at um, when I signed for Town I moved back this yeah. way moved back to, to Arley where I'd had a house I bought a house while I was at Bury and then uh, and then I'd moved out to Swindon and then I sold the house and that's when I moved up to Wrexham
1: right to, and then back to like Cheshire area yeah Oh, good. So, do you think it was uh, difficult then moving up to Stramra and like what? What did you have to sacrifice moving up there? Well, obviously, I'd had the I'd
2: had the two young kids at the time, two boys, Jacob and Archie, <coughs> characters um, as well. Oh, yeah, shock, proper, yeah, Shock. They are chaos. I don't know where they get it from. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but obviously, Stranraer's just a small town in the west of Scotland, isn't it? Yeah, but what, what so it was, because Stranraer's
2: that small and there is obviously the pool of players isn't great, so we were based in Glasgow.
1: Oh, OK. And oh, okay. we used to get
2: a coach to home games. So we, it, from Glasgow to Stranraer and the coach is good two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So um, if you imagine Stranraer, right, you go up to Carlisle, yeah. Gretna, and you turn left and you go all the way along the coast to the corner... It's literally closer to like Belfast, where they get the, the the, uh, the ferry mm. from Stranraer over to Ireland. That's where that's the closest point. So we were based in Glasgow, and obviously all the training was in Glasgow. All the players are from Glasgow, and then we were just uh, on the coach to home games. So coach to home games, and we were driving to most of the away games because was Glasgow based or coach coach further up. But the, I mean, in terms of I mean the standard of football that we played in League One, Scottish League One, and the first year I went there, we actually lost in the playoffs to where to go up to the championship, and it was it, you know from there, it was like an unbelievable experience. and i experienced some, some great places and some great stadiums, which obviously i will touch on, but um, I'd, I'd say I'd, I'd liken the standard of the league I was in there to probably about bottom half of the national league, probably top of conference north really give mm. or take. I mean there's, there's there's teams in obviously the championship that I think the the Premier League there's teams in the Premier League that probably wouldn't do well in League Two in Scotland in in my opinion. You've got obviously you've got your Rangers and Celtic, Aberdeen yeah. to an extent.
1: Hearts are okay, Hearts, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. But they'd be championship. they probably
2: them them type sides are probably a lower league championship, really.
1: How good's he, by the way, Cookie? We can literally just you just goes on to the next I know, one. At yeah. next uh, point, you're literally you're sort of, hey. you can
0: see my piece of paper, Cam. Hit my first rodeo like <laughs> <laughs> So so in terms of You said it wasn't a difficult decision it wasn't a difficult decision to go to because you were like, it's a great opportunity, mm. a new challenge, a new place to see, yeah. and that. Did they um was it did they did they did they look after you? Was it was yeah. it an easy sort of thing to go, yeah, like I'm Yeah. for this? So they, when... Did they sell it to you to go come and play yeah. here and you're like, Yeah, I'm on board with that sort of thing? Yeah, so when I first moved up, um
2: because of the distance and obviously I was based in, in Manchester, they said, Well, we come up. Uh, the manager at the time was Brian Reid, who, who was actually Naneetan manager. Oh,
1: really? Uh, yeah, yeah but, I remember. Yeah,
2: when yeah. Stephen Presley was manager at yeah. Coventry. Yeah. It's his mate, it's his best mate. And obviously, he'd had him in at Coventry, yeah. and then the yeah. job come up, and he got the neat job, Brian yeah. Reid, brief, briefly. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, he knew of me, because obviously Naneetan and Tamworth, yeah. and I think that was around about that time when I was at Tamworth. So, uh, that come up, and he said to me, listen, we need a goalkeeper. Um, come up. You can train Thursdays, play Saturday. There's never any midweek games in, in Scotland.
0: Because mm. in, in the last that small. Yeah, because the, the
2: league's that yeah. small, yeah, yeah. you play each other three, four times maybe. Jesus. Um, there's no Tuesday night games, so we said, listen, no Tuesdays. don't have to train Tuesdays. Come up Thursday, drive up on a Thursday. We'll put you in a hotel Thursday, Friday. Stay uh, Saturday and then go back down. And that sound. That's what I did from... I think it was January, because obviously the transfer windows in Scotland, you can only sign people in the transfer, because it's obviously Scottish Football yeah. League, so it's the same as England, Did you have your transfer windows. <clears throat> uh, I did that from January till, till the end of the season. Um, but they they looked after me. And then when I signed permanently, to be fair, they, we come up with a deal where they contributed, uh, they obviously, I had my wage, and then they contributed towards my living as well, so my rent. That's was superb, that is. And their, They really looked after me. And to be fair, in terms of that, it, i met some really, really good people there, some real good football people and some real people that um, really took care of me and looked after And I've mean, I made a lot of friends for life at the club there. I still speak to the chairman there regularly. Um, I think he's trying to get me back up there to play a couple of games. I think I'm about four games short of 100 for Stranwell. Really? Wow. What,
1: what was the fan base like? Cam? How many people were you no, getting? No, it wasn't
2: a massive fan base, mate. I mean, no. we when we, we, this season we'd done well and we lost in the playoff final. Um, <clears throat> we were probably getting 800 or something like that, but mm. it's it is a small little village, really. Mm. So, for them to get them crowds are massive. Mm. I mean, we played, I think the, the game we played, air that uh, air's their local derby, air united, who are in the championship now, and they think they've done well this year. Um, and that even I say it's local derby, mate, that's still 40 miles away, Jeez, <laughs> that's the nearest club, you know what I mean. And yeah. I think this queen of the south is just further down towards like Dumfries and, and Stramra and then Carlisle, as if you go back that way, but um. I think there's a good crowd there's a good like 5,000 or something like that are uh, there um so we took a few that day but the, the fan base wasn't massive Scottish people are class as well though ain't they? passionate yeah, so passionate you love the football yeah. love the drinking and love the football so I I, I, fit, <laughs> I fit fit right right yeah. thought this is my dream move yeah. but as I say when I moved up obviously when I went on loan I was staying in a hotel I'd had the kid the kids were still in Manchester with the with their mum and um we they were coming up now and again, and then uh, eventually when I signed permanently, we, the family moved up together, and we stayed there for, for two years until I was expe- until we expected the, the youngest Bella, the youngest yeah. girl, and we moved back
0: to England and Forest Green. Yeah, yeah. So good time in Scotland though. Perfect, brilliant. Yeah.
2: Honestly, I absolutely loved it. They, as I say, they, for them looking after me and, and the experiences they had. I mean, I I played at Ibrox, and, you know what I mean. And, yeah, so you know it's a proper club. You know what I mean. And I loved I loved Rangers. You know, and the history of Rangers, and no, mm. obviously the English Connection, proper British club darling, you know, walked out at Rangers. Just walk into Rangers through the big, like, wooden doors, and it's like you walk through the trophy room, and all the trophies there, big, like... It's proper old school in there. Mm. Like, the changing rooms are old school still. It's like yeah. the history in that stadium is unbelievable. And you walk out, and, the, <clears throat> you know, they're singing the songs, and the the flags are flying, the British flags. And, you know, there's, the, I think there's... It was in the cup. I think there's like thirty-three thousand there that wow, game. Jesus it was unbelievable, camp. unbelievable.
0: That's crazy.
2: But I didn't like them big games. I used to thrive on as well. Like I didn't, mm. I never used to be nervous for them big games because I loved the big occasion. And I'll be honest with you, I was more nervous. And this sounds crazy for the game I played for Hinckley against Averston down here. And I was because there was the expectation on me going. I tell you what, it's Cameron in goal for Hinckley tonight. He, he, there's an expectation, expectation expectation on him to be the best player on that pitch. To be fair though,
0: we didn't expect. We, I didn't know you were mate. We didn't even know you were going to turn up, mate. We didn't even we know to turn upset, up. Yeah. Know you'd turn, and then when I saw you turn up, because I, I, I didn't know who you were, I was like, Bloody Al in goal. Well, this is going to be difficult.
1: I was straight away as soon as I seen him, I thought, for fuck's sake.
0: There yeah, we yeah go. But, that,
1: <laughs> but like that's I knew uh,
2: that's what I knew, and I thought I put that much pressure on myself to do well that game. Mm. But I always found throughout my career, if I put. If I was under more pressure, I actually played better. Mm. The games where I felt it was comfortable or easy, I didn't play as well because I always played and always was always on the edge as a goalkeeper. I do things that probably put myself in positions to make mistakes. But that's the way I've always been as a goalkeeper. Mm. You know what I mean? Whether I've, you know, took a few extra touches or tried to play a pass or done something a little bit different to, you know, just to keep myself in the game
0: mentally and just the way I was as a goalkeeper. Yeah, so like, so you touched on, you left Scotland, came back to England, joined Forest Green Rovers yeah. in League Two, and then Chorley Town. Mm. But the moves didn't quite work out, did they? No, the, I
2: mean, the Forest Green one was, the, again, there was a few issues at Stramrad towards in the January of that season in terms of the money being cut. Right, so they were trying yeah. to offload a few players, a few of yeah. the, like, the bigger name players or the, the better players, and trying to get a few lads sold or... I'd say the higher earners. yeah. And then, <clears throat> I obviously, it was January, and then obviously January aligns with the English Football League as well. Um, and obviously, I knew Coops, who was manager, at, and Scott Lindsay, who's now manager at Crawley, who's my dad's assistant manager at Tamworth. Um, and I knew them anyway. And I'd had the conversation with Scott about... No, Steve Hale, it was the goalkeeping coach, who's now at Crawley as well now. Uh, and he said they were looking for another keeper. The lad Brad Collins, who was on loan from Chelsea at the time, I think he's at Barnsley now, um, and they only had him. And Ooh. they said, well, do, you want to, do you want to come in?" And we and we spent the whole of January trying to sort out the move because the ins and outs and like the transfer window we and the, the international clearance from Scotland to England is ridiculous. Um, yeah, and obviously the reasoning behind that was financial and the fact that. I was, we were expecting another child, yeah, so we wanted to back, back to England and kind of form a base and then we moved back to the Midlands and there was a few lads driving from the Midlands so it made it easier in terms of signing for Forest Green um, <clears throat> but again that, was, that wasn't I kind of knew I wasn't going there to play so it was only from then to the end of the season I was going to say is your only club you didn't make an appearance isn't it? I played yeah or I played you, two games you, yeah. play oh, two I games? actually played the game we stayed up that year in League 2 we played Yeovil away um, and Brad I think got knocked out Okay. Um, so I probably played in the, in the two most important games, in fairness, because <laughs> I oh, come on, we kept a clean sheet. I think it was nil-nil, and that kept us up. That point kept us up. Right. Uh, we, we had secured safety that day, and then the game after was looting away, and they were lifting the trophy uh, uh, for League Two. So I played in probably the two best games out of, <laughs> out of the Forest Green season that season.
0: That's
2: um, But yeah, and then obviously I could have stayed at Forest Green and, and been number two slash number three and been yeah. in around it, but I mm. think I was probably 30 maybe, if I can think back, probably 30, yeah, uh, for 29, 30. Mm. Um, and I just wanted to carry on playing. As I said, I could, um, I, could, I probably, probably could have still been at Forest Green. I was sat on the bench for yeah. number three, but like sat on the bench now and again, training ground goalkeeper, mm. um, and had an easy
1: life being full-time, but I didn't want to do it. Yeah, no. Um, so so then after that, Cam, you landed at Nuneaton Borough in 2018. Your local club yeah. uh, came in under Nicky Eden. Mm-hmm. How was that? <clears throat> well,
2: obviously, the, the thought of signing for the Neaton was massive, massive mm. thing for me. Being a Neaten lad, I thought this is it. You know what I mean, this is my chance because I, because I, I always used to look, at, obviously look at for the Neaton resorts, I still do now. And being from the Neaton, it's it's a massive thing about being a Neaten lad and yeah. the football club and the Neaton borough is the life and soul. Everybody loves the Neaton borough.
1: Mm. Um,
2: and for obviously a lad who plays football, I always thought one day I'm going to play for the Neaton. I didn't mm. know, I didn't know it was going to be then because um, obviously I'd actually signed for Chorley. I played the first two games of the season and it didn't quite work out and I had to disagree with the manager and ended up leaving. And obviously Neaton were full time when I signed.
0: Yeah. Uh, the <clears throat> National League. North. North, yeah.
2: yeah. <clears throat> and I'd moved back to Manchester. Um, so I was actually playing for Nanita, but living in Manchester, <laughs> but we were full time. But mm. luckily enough I'd got in my contract because I'd gone I'd agreed to go part time with Chorley. That I could only actually train Tuesdays and Thursdays with Nanita and then the, lad, the other lads were train that like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, which actually worked out well in the long run because of the transition in the end when it all well it was all it was all over the place anyway. We had a guy called Norman Smurfwa. who was the owner at Port Vale who was secretly owning the club. Um, the lads <clears throat> there was nothing, there was nothing at the club, we didn't have anywhere to train, we didn't have any training kit, there was no hot water. There was lads not getting paid. There was lads getting paid in cash in carrier bags, Tesco bags, from Norman because he couldn't officially pay anyone. <clears throat> and um, it was a little bit all over the place, to be fair. And that, that, that season was an absolute shambles for that reason. It didn't start well and it didn't end well.
0: Did you did you know that, though, when you signed? Or were you <clears> did you go, you didn't know any of that at all? And then it only sort of occurred to you when you signed and you went, actually, well, this is not what I expected <clears throat> sorry I knew a little bit about it because I, um, Lee Fowler was assistant manager
2: who I'd played with at Wrexham and it was yeah. at Coventry when I was a kid um, and he'd said like it's a little bit up in the air at the minute but we've got we've been told we've got this Yeah, and in the end then it never got delivered what they were told was going to happen um, and <clears throat> then a few months into the season there was actually no one running the club it was like no. being ran by Nicky Eden and Fouls and like they were doing everything from like running the, the bar, and there's like it there was an absolute shell of a club, there was nothing there, it was a joke. And from me looking for me being there as a Nuneaton lad and going to Nuneaton games, I know I've been to like the Middlesbrough game mm. in the FA Cup and seeing Manor Park absolutely rammed and that euphoria of Nuneaton Football Club. I'd gone to Nuneaton and I thought, this is an absolute joke,
0: yeah. and I
2: felt I, I felt hurt, I did felt hurt by the way the club was ran, and then obviously. I was captain at the time in i you know. You're being made captain of your hometown club, and mm. results are terrible. The club's been ran terribly, and it, it's just like for me that season was probably the, my worst season in football. Yeah, <clears throat> and the worst, the worst, probably the worst club I've been at in terms of off the field, and and obviously football results didn't it, like mirrored that in terms of us getting relegated from the
0: National League North at, the, at, at that time. So then a few months in nick eden he he left in there and yeah. that's when the whole jimmy Ginelli yeah. took over the <clears throat> brought brought the club as yeah. manager um he brought your dad in as mm. assistant manager Dale balfourd describe that feeling what was going through your mind when <clears throat> sort of your dad come in and, and jimmy took over the club and mm. and that well it was difficult because a
2: guy called nick hawkins had come in first yeah. giving it the the big spiel uh saying he's going to turn it into a super club but really I don't think <laughs> He didn't. He wasn't intending to use it for the right reason, so he couldn't in the end, whether that was financially or at the time or whatever. Um, and then he, he, he basically said to the lads, listen, we're going part-time. And there was a lot of lads on full-time contracts. Mm. Uh, well, the majority of lads, to be fair. A few left because they just couldn't deal with the, the fact that it was all up in the air. A few, and then a lot of lads obviously had contracts that needed to be honoured. Like Ooh. I mean, I'd signed, a, I'd signed a two-year contract at Neneen, Fifty-two weeks. I was paid all through through the through the season, through the summer, two Mm. two years. So I wasn't leaving my contract. Yeah, yeah. Because that was that was my income. That was my job. That was go for the same. Whether you're working in a factory, you know, it's the same. That was a job. Um, And what what was happening was that we would have actually gone part-time Tuesday and Thursday nights. But the lads that were on full-time contracts were made to come in in the day, every day, and then train at night. So in the day, there was no one there to train them. They were just like playing cricket in the was in the social club they were just basically make, making the lads be there to try and force them out and the right. lads stuck it out in fairness and that didn't that added to like the old harmony of the club that was an absolute shambles and um, and then Jimmy come in and to be fair to Jimmy um, in, you know what he tried to do was was galvanise it and run the club the right way you know what I mean and he tried to put it on a bit, little bit more of a a level footing, you know what I mean, in terms of as off the field. Obviously we finances could only dictate the type of players we brought in and as I said that season was doomed anyway. And the players we were bringing in, we had players towards the end of the season playing for nothing. We had players, you know, on next to nothing. Yeah. You no, know, just fifty quids, you know what I mean? And we we were against some, some good sides that year in that league. Um and it kind of kind of petered out. But um you know it's good to see it back in a better place yeah um you know financially and obviously a little bit more successful this year i know they lost in the playoffs and you know I've, as i say i've got a, a soft spot for the i'd like to think that possibly one day i could probably make another appearance in it. i'd like to mm-hmm. yeah and then it's, you know being and i've got a pub, pub, that's probably because i've got a lot of unfinished business with Nuneaton the way it was and the way and the way i was at Nuneaton i couldn't i couldn't handle it i couldn't handle all the the pressure i couldn't handle being captain in neeton and nothing being right off the field or yeah. the lads, mm. you know, the expectation of being an Neaton lad and the only and lad in the team at the time and knowing all the fans and, you know, but coming away from it now I and mean, being a little bit wiser and a little bit cuter to it, you know,
1: it'd probably be a different story. So would you say then that that was the reason why you moved then to FC United to Manchester then, Cam?
2: Yeah, and obviously because obviously I was still living in Manchester yeah, at the time. Sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It made sense and then FC United... Uh, became available I nearly actually signed for Ashton United it was obviously in Manchester as well yeah, yeah. and that was actually announced but I didn't I hadn't signed the paper I'd gone up to meet the manager and I trained and then it wasn't for me after a training session I met the manager and he, he wasn't for me really in the in the way he, he, he operated and, and then obviously FC United come in <clears throat> Big and club too. as well Big Massive club, yeah. Honestly in non-league football I don't think there's many clubs bigger Honestly they are unbelievable unbelievable club and the fans are incredible. I mean, I've never seen any group of fans stick by a team more than they are. You can, honestly, you can... Like, I am I remember making one mistake. It might have been Basford away, and I think it's it, it went viral, where the lads headed it, and it's bounced and gone over my yeah, head. Yeah, I think I remember mm. seeing that, yeah. 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 yeah, and they made a point of singing me my own song for the next game like, de- like dedicated to me kind of as if to say don't worry about it I can't remember the words of the song but don't worry about it you're part of the family it's like one big family it's incredible yeah, well, honestly, what, what when you're c- getting like two, over 2,000 fans in non-league football
1: it's, mm. it's class what you've got to remember is as well is they're like a yeah. um, like an affordable club for Manchester United aren't they so for mm. the people that can't afford season tickets for Man United they built that club Mm-hmm. As in, like, uh, well, it was off the back of the Glazers, weren't it? Yeah. Being all
2: like commercialized and that, and bringing like all the sea driving all the season ticket prices yeah. up, and taking like that little bit of football love away from that was God, it, club, yeah. like, making it a bit more about business and commercial. So, they obviously started that, and it's like a real, really brilliant, tight knit community. Mm. And it's an it's incredible club, honestly. Could... I, I actually love my time there. And then that I, I, I would have stayed there if it weren't for other reasons other than football, really, in the end, to do with like obviously my family and having to. Provide for my family. We couldn't come to an agreement yeah, to, yeah. to where it was, and I ended up going elsewhere.
0: So that's when you moved to Radcliffe. Yeah, yeah. A Radcliffe, the ones that had the
1: unbelievable goalkeeper jersey camp So you've got that picture, and it's like a. I can't explain what's on it, but it's the best looking goalie t shirt ever. The yellow one Which with. Right. No, it's got. No. Like, it looks. It looks like a dragon, but it's not a dragon. Oh, it's like it's
2: like a, Yeah, it was like a like Ed Hardy type of looking. Yeah, shirt. is yeah, yeah, that yeah. Radcliffe? Yeah, it's Radcliffe black. Yeah, all black. Yeah, yeah. Well, the 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 uh, the chairman there uh, was was hot on all that he loved all his like kit Did designs it? like he'd come to me and say what do you reckon to this this and that and I love I love a quirky yeah. kit you know what I mean no proper out there um, but they, they were brilliant like that and to be fair I, I had a good time at, at Radcliffe and I'd signed for again Lee Fowler Lee Fowler yeah he was obviously manager and I knew Fowles well and you know drinking buddies yeah. and we got a few few stories and obviously he was part of a few of the few of the stories at Wrexham yeah. Um, uh yeah so i signed for him and he uh it didn't really work out for Fowles, to be fair and he he's he's probably i'd I'd say he's probably one of the best coaches i've worked for in fairness in football fouls he's unbelievable like his attention to detail he does everything he possibly can to make himself a success in football and it hasn't it never quite worked out for him there and he's gone he's now in managing the league of wales and you know he will have a good career in, Mm. in management um and I, I love him to bits to be fair he's one of my best mates in football and he's different class uh, but yeah and obviously I did two years at, at
1: Radcliffe and was it your first yeah. season come that it was Covid you moved over there yeah
2: yeah I mean the, the first season the first Covid season was FC United and we'd got oh really we were second in the league that year in in the in, uh, Northern Premier League step three and honestly I believe that year we were flying and there was only South Shields were running away league. They'd have gone up. And I honestly believe we'd have won the playoffs that year and gone up, and not for COVID. Mm. I think they'd cancelled it with about three games to go or something. Silly. And then, obviously, the second season started again at Radcliffe, and then that got bumped off. And then... Only
1: 11 appearances you made, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, in that season, yeah. So how difficult did you find COVID and, and being in football at that time?
2: Yeah, it was, I mean, it was tough. Obviously, it was tough for everyone, obviously, yeah. in terms of... Oh. The well there's obviously a lot yeah. of stuff, more stuff going on the football at the time um but obviously for me it was difficult in terms of not having that football yeah because that's all I'd ever known. Yeah, exactly years yeah. and years and years um and I found that difficult you know you do your, lo- your own little like zoom meetings and yeah. you try and have little chats and you have little get-togethers little quizzes and bits and bobs and you keep yourselves ticking over that way but in terms of football and contact with football it was it was difficult yeah
1: were you having to go out and like just do like yeah running running yeah, running and... or d- there's
2: only so much you can do, can't you on your own? You know what I mean? You have to be on your own and um, yeah, I did find it difficult. But obviously, I had the family and the kids, the kids yeah. around me that you know, to entertain me and yeah, know, we, we did. It, I did it that way. So I was lucky enough to have people around me anyway. Absolutely. Um, and obviously, we still have that football community to talk to. Yeah. In, in in them tough
1: times and it was tough for everyone. Though like, mentally, it was hard, It was hard. Yeah. Be, being in that though, being in the full time game for so long. I suppose it was just, like, bewildering for you because you, you weren't used to it. And no, it's obviously come out of nowhere, hasn't it? Yeah. You know, sometimes with these part-time clubs, you can sort of, you're still working your, your normal jobs and you're doing your football on a weekend, maybe training once or twice a week. But for you, it was just football, 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 yeah, yeah. wasn't it? And when yeah, that's took away from you, mm. I suppose it yeah, really it's really difficult. Yeah it, was, yeah, it was hard, mate. It was hard,
2: but obviously there's a lot, as I say, there's a lot. Bigger things than football go yeah, on well, at the time, so, yeah, so yeah. you can you can kind of sit back and, and go, do you know what? It's not so bad that I'm missing mm. football for this period. Maybe it'll do me good to have a little break. Yeah, and, but it was difficult in the sense that I thought I'm getting older now. How long is this going to last for? Am I going to? I'm, I'm going to miss it? A good season of football. You know what I mean? I'm not never going to ever get the season back. Mm. How will um, it affect you?
0: you not playing for so yeah. long? Sort and of, and then thing. you think,
2: do you know what? You kind of slip into the mode of is it even worth going back to football because really? it stop, it was stop, start, weren't it? Yeah, you thought it was. we were going to go again and it stopped again. You're thinking, come on. That's now, how I felt. Yeah. And I'd, I'd, you know, well, you'd been off for that long then, months and months and you're thinking, you know what, I'm actually getting comfortable here, just working my job. I was, I was then working in schools. Yeah. Um, alongside, like, um, to do with like social, emotional, mental health yeah. issues in schools and that, so I was yeah. doing that. Um
1: and it does i'll come back you up on that because i did exactly this Well, i'm still doing exactly yeah. the same now And i was in schools all the time yeah yeah, just working with the key worker kids wasn't well, it? well that's it
2: yeah so you had yeah you just had the key workers or the vulnerable kids that yeah because obviously the the school the sen schools that i work in was you have you have your more vulnerable mm. kids that have to have to be in school they need mm. that so we were i was still working keeps at, you going didn't it? It, it kept, kept me that, going k- that kept me going yeah um although it was a different way of of teaching and being around the kids but mm. it, Obviously, I had that, and then I thought, "Do you know what? The football then become a little bit less of a priority because mm. in them times, them dark times, you think about your family and them yep. being safe, and then you think I've got my job. Mm. So football's not really the be-all and end-all anymore." And that, I think that's when I started to switch over from the importance of football or the priority of football in my life at that's that, a that massive point. point yeah. yeah, when it kind of flipped over, and I thought, yep. "I'm getting older." I need to make my own career in a different path, so away from football, and that's why I've gone down like that mental health and social emotional behaviours route, and, and worked in schools, and then worked, as I do now, as in mental health and wellbeing as a practitioner.
0: Yeah, which is brilliant, <coughs> brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff, yeah, brilliant stuff, hats off to you. So then you moved to Stafford Rangers, mm. after Radcliffe, <coughs> was that a link up again with yeah. your dad? Yeah. Who's assistant manager there? Leave him alone, Dale. Bloody <laughs> hell. <God. laughs> was, that, was that again an easy move? Your dad's probably a, an influence there to say, coming in, come in, you know. Was that again sort of like the similar story at Tamworth where he's saying you couldn't really say no because he's your old man?
2: Yeah, there is an aspect to that. You can't say no to him because he won't let you say no to him. Yeah.
0: Mm. Is he, he your knows. is he your type of gaffer
2: though, Cam? Yeah, do you know what, mate? Um The time I was at Tamworth with him was a little bit difficult. He's different now to when he was at Tamworth because he's learnt a lot from them. Mm. Um, and the way he was with me at Tamworth was different to how he is now in terms of he was on my case all the time at Tamworth. And I think he thought he had to be because yeah. he didn't want to be seen to be favourite in me mm. to anyone else. Mm. Um, and I think he thought that worked for me. Whereas now, now I'm probably a little bit older. I'm talking when I was at Tamworth, I was 24. So I'm 34 now, 35 yeah. this year. So 10 years. Um, he just leads me to it. Yeah. You know, say little bits now and again, mm. when he knows he needs to, he knows now when he, when he needs to say to me and when, and it works. Mm. And he knows how I work. Um, but he, he yeah, and, and that works for me and it works for him. Um, we don't, when around football, say we're at Stafford, we don't, I don't really have any conversation with him at, at football. We don't talk football while we're at Stafford. Mm. Only, you know, we don't We don't even talk about Stafford when we're out of football. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we just, we talk about everything else, other. But mm. that staff is just like that little yeah. bit where that's just the club we're at. And we, it's more like a player and assistant manager relationship instead of son and dad. You know yeah. what I mean? So mm. it's it, it works, mate. It works really well.
0: But milestone moment at Stafford Town made your 500th career mm. appearance in football. Special yeah. moment for you.
2: Yeah, very. And, I, and I've said this um, from the from the start. I didn't think... Well, I knew I could... Make a career in football, but mm. to get to 500 appearances, at any That's level, great. and yeah. you know Unreal. I've been I've been lucky enough to play. I probably played at the highest level I could in terms of my ability, really. League One. I thought to get to League One for me and playing League One and was was probably the, the highest level I could get at. Yeah, looking back now, obviously, then I, I used to think I'm going to play in the Premier League. Yeah. You know, what I mean, I want to play in the mm. Premier League. I, mm. I can't. nothing wrong with other aspirations no. to no, do no, that. Though, no, no, like, no. I always thought, thought I could, yeah. but then I look back now and I think probably League One was probably my highest. There's a couple of day, games in League One where I, I felt as if it was a little bit too much for me, but that might have been at my age. Yeah, I mean, when I was playing in League One, when I was what twenty. 21 22 so for a keeper it's very young
1: and I I think as well Cam obviously no disrespect but you're not the tallest of goalkeepers but you've always held your own ain't you yeah yeah I mean and I think
2: because of the them, them physical attributes that's why I think I potentially I could only play in league one because of that physical side of it although I've never been I've always been quite physical when I've played yeah and I've imposed myself in games and I don't you know I'll do things that I probably can do things better than a six foot five well, people. My
1: distribution from you. Yeah, is and i will come
2: for crosses, so I've yeah. made up for it in other bits. And I've I always, um, I always had to be the quickest around my box. Mm. You know, had, you know, been the loudest because, it, it, you know, it makes it makes you feel as if there's a presence. You know what yeah. I mean?
1: Massive part of yeah. goalkeeping.
2: I've tried the best spring, so I worked hard on all that. My fitness yeah. was massive. I remember when I did pre-season at at Coventry, one year, and like we all did it together in the youth team. And I, I used to win all the races. We used to win long distance races, and mm. I was the first one back all the time. So mm. I used to beat all the outfield players because I used to promise myself and being because I knew I wasn't going to be the biggest or, you know, in terms of physical attributes, I had to be the best at everything I could be. And that's why I thought I played at the best level. And I, I probably played at, you know, league, I say played League
1: One, League Two, mm. National League, Conference North, and then Step Three. So the league just finished with Stafford. Mm. Mid-table finish. Yeah, uh, you made 47 appearances. So, did you feel it was a good season for you personally? How do you think that you did? Yeah, I think I think personally for me it was probably my, one of my best seasons
2: in a long time. Personally, in terms of my performances, um, obviously the for team-wise it wasn't the greatest, um, but do you think yeah, the club's I think got
0: I, what it takes to push on
2: next year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a tough, tough league that yeah, Northern it's a, League. Yeah. It's a lot different. I mean, obviously, it's the same levels in the, league, but them two leagues are massive different. Like mm. the Northern League is a little bit more physical, and you get mm. a little bit of quality of players, or the bigger clubs and you attract the better players. So it's, I think it's, it's a tougher league than the, than the, than the other league at that level. Um, but no, Stafford's a great club. In fairness, and I've really enjoyed my time there, and it's been. Um, I had, a, I had a couple of. Like the last season I had at Radcliffe was a tough season for me in terms of towards the end of the season, in terms of football and my personal life. I had a lot of things going on, and um, for me to get back to a point where I was enjoying my football that much and everything else was happening off the field, it all like come together in one big snowball as if to say, This, this was the, the season where I'm back. And I mean, I'm 34 now and I feel probably fitter than I've been in the last 10 years. Mm. So there's yeah. no, I've got no aspirations of quitting anytime soon. No, fair, fair. I mean, I played, I'd say 47. I think I played in total, including Cups and a yeah. few others. I played 50 odd games last year. Yeah. So i going, mate. Yeah. And obviously to, I, that was in aspiration to try and get past that 500 mark. I knew if I could get to this many games, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go past 500. And then yeah. I'm just looking for the next 100 and then I'll go for the next yeah, 100. And, and, and as I said, to many people, I'll just keep going until I can't physically go anymore. Mm. I mean, I still enjoy it. I absolutely love the game of football. Yeah. I know that as soon as I leave football, but I, won't, I don't think I'll ever leave football. I think I'll be in it some capacity. Mm. Um, I'd like to still be involved in football, whether that's in coaching, coaching or management. Yeah, um, I think I've still got a lot, lot to offer the game on that side of the things.
1: Yeah,
2: um, but as, as long as I can keep playing, and I've, I've probably had little bits of offers and I've had conversations with people where they say, won't you come in and do this and being part of the management team or coaching and will you take this job and be player manager? I'm like, I don't want to. I just want to concentrate on playing while I still can mm-hmm. and as long as I can.
1: Mm. So, obviously, coming into the next season, mm-hmm. can we say that you're going to be a Stafford player?
2: Yes, sign, mate, yeah. Sign sealed.
1: So, All this done. brings me on to my next point then. Me and you <laughs> were in uh, the airport <laughs> at um, Far- Faro Airport, yeah, and um, Egypt. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Josh <Willis laughs> Joshua. Really Joshua. <laughs> Where are we going? Egypt. No, Pharaoh. Yeah, Egypt. No, it's a uh, Portugal, mate.
1: So me and you sat down. I don't know if you can remember. You might. You might have had a bit of a sore head. But the new projections came through, didn't they? They did, yeah. And you were looking at them. Yeah, I was, yeah. How, how are you feeling about that? The, the new league coming up because there was a bit of a change, wasn't there? You yeah, said we I mean, look at the yeah. Season. Well, were, there was a bit of a. Um,
2: Discussion in terms of where Stafford were actually going to go because obviously they're obviously the most southern team in that northern league. Yeah. And I think with Lemington now coming in and Telford, they took the southern route and obviously they've gone into the Southern Central League with your Eatons, your Redditches and that. So there's talk of Telford sorry, Telford, Stafford potentially going to that league. Well, no, they've kept them in the north, and obviously some like you know, and are coming to that now. Yeah. You got like lot like, Team spending money You've got working too, which is which is a hell of a trip. But to yeah, Carlisle, track. you know, works up. There's some big clubs in there, some big big clubs, and it, it it's, it's a tough league. It's a tough league, but the, we finished the season quite well last year. I think we conceded like one goal in the last ten games. I think we lost maybe one in the last ten or something stupid. And we finished really strong. We started the season really strong. And we finished the really season really strong. And in the middle, it was a little bit up and down. Mm. We were on a run of like seven games without winning. Um, we were top of the league up until probably. Novemberish time, and we were flying. To be fair, and I think that if we can, we've got we've got a great group of lads, and we've kept that nucleus of players. Anyway, we're We've added a few more, um, and hopefully, we can we can do it. Right. I think, obviously, for a club of the size of Stafford, well, it's a big club in non-league football. Mm. They're good following when you're doing well. You get well over a thousand fans, mm. but for like resources in terms of competing with resources in terms of the other other clubs, they're, they're miles behind, and we probably finish where our resource or our budget probably dictated in that level of football yeah. but um, there's no reason why the players we've got we can't kick on potentially next year and hopefully make the playoffs who,
1: yeah. who would you say want to watch is next year for, for Stafford then
2: mate well oh, in our play. In our, in, sorry in our yeah, team
1: yeah in your team
2: <sighs> we've got a good lad Joe Willis who we signed from Warsaw okay um, Yeah, I think he played a few games at Leamington Redditch as well and loan potentially when he was at Warsaw
0: yeah
2: um, I really like him. Got bags of potential. Yeah. He, um, we play we play a certain way of football, certain brand of football, and it's a little bit physical and it's a little bit more direct. Yeah. We have a big long throw that yeah. gets thrown in from halfway into the box. Yeah. We put teams under pressure. And we play in teams then in their half. Um, so he, he was a little bit more of a footballer, technical, and he bought into that towards the end of the season. He was flying, to be fair. So I think it, there's there's Joe Willis and there's a lad called. Uh, Ethan Stewart as well, centre half, who I think he played for the Neat as well, maybe on loan from Knotts Forest, young kid, twenty one, who's got a real good chance. Yeah. Real good chance. He's probably one of the I'd say he's probably one of the, the better young players I've played with in non league football to be fair. I think if he doesn't he probably needs another season at Stafford, in all fairness and being truth, talking the truth. I think he needs he'll probably need to move at
0: the end of next season and he could probably get a move into the Football League. No. Super class, yeah. You've been um, you've been brilliant, Cam. I've, For really enjoying this conversation. You know, it's uh, absolutely top class. And I mean, we could go on for probably another hour. Yeah, easy. Uh, Easy. (laughs) Um, But we're going to move on to some quick fires. Yes. Treatment 12. Hit me. Hit me. (laughs) So we're going to ask some questions. Obviously, give us your best answers. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, let's go. You ready, Lee? I'm ready, mate. Best player you've played against? Oh, against? (sighs) Pogba. Fogba. Fabregas, maybe? Bloody Name-dropping, name <laughs> Mate, I'm sick of these name oh drops no, every uh, week.
2: Are we talking well, non-league or what?
0: Nah, no, it could be a-
1: anyone, mate.
0: Good to throw that Wilshere last year. did
1: he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah name-dropping, little boy.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: I mean, I'm talking... These are like... Cov Academy. Yeah Or no yeah. But to be fair Barry Pogba We used to play Ban United quite a lot In reserves football oh, yeah, And like yeah, yeah, cup yeah. games And like Manchester Senior cup games And obviously they were Coming through like Your Pogba's and Makedo and yeah. Them type of players You know what
1: I mean So Class. Did he score Pashka? Not that I can remember Mate no Happy days Happy days Right next one mate Best manager you've played for oh, And best why? Manager. Um, I enjoyed playing for Alan Nil, Who was Obviously he's
2: Wales Assistant manager now and at the time, to be he was manager at Berry and Chris Wilder was mm. his assistant. Oh, okay. And then they flipped over. Chris Wilder, when Chris Wilder was changed to manager, and nearly then become his assistant. And then they went to Sheffield United and obviously Watford, um, which they're, they're both there together now. And Nilly was like the, the manager that gave me my first start in football and like really looked after yeah, me and backed class. me, really, you know, and, and kept me at Bury for that long. Um, there's probably Nilly or Paul Sturrock at Southend was unbelievable. Yeah, you know what I mean um, he, he just, did, just like proper witty knew everything about football he was like a legend in Scotland for Dundee I think he played in the, when they went on big European run Dundee United um, he played for them um, he was he was brilliant to be fair uh, he used to have his lucky waistcoat when we got to the playoffs uh, with Southend he, he, when I run about 10 games he had the same waistcoat on tartan waistcoat yeah. he, just a proper character proper him. character I loved him to be fair
0: super Best player you've played with, like teammate-wise. Again, mate, there's a lot of players yeah. here. You've listed a lot of clubs there. I
2: know.
0: One that sticks out. Who
1: stands out, can?
0: Who stands out?
1: In terms of, well
0: maybe there's different
1: types of players. I mean, yeah, there's players yeah.
0: that I thought
2: were top, top players, and there's players that have been top players that I've yeah. played with. I mean when I was at Tamworth we signed Gavin Mahan, centre midfielder who'd played in like the Premier League for Wat captain of Watford in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, you know what amazing. I mean? Mm. About the QPR, captain of QPR everywhere he's gone, absolute leader. You know, proper, proper, nice guy, you know what I mean? Couldn't say a bad word about him. Um Again, I—I I, I mean, I—I I grew up around them old school players, like you know, you Robert Pages at Coventry. who's was now manager at Wales. You know, I played yeah. him at Carvin, and he was captain at Coventry. He was a proper leader, looked after all the younger lads in the squad. You know what I mean? Them type of players, and yeah. you no, know, I respected them, and they were probably the players I always looked
0: up to. Yeah, nice.
1: I already know the answer to this next one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Favourite takeaway? <laughs>
0: <laughs> malt shovel. Ooh. Shout out
1: to the malt shovel at Mills, by the way. Yeah, absolute legend. Unbelievable hey, you pub. To if you want some good snap,
2: get down the malt shovel. I reckon now, I've mentioned them a few times, I reckon <laughs> I can get a free lunch on a Sunday. I think so, too. You know what I'm thinking? Yeah, yeah, you. yeah. China chef in uh, Ali, the Chinese. Unbelievable. Unbelievable nice. place. Honestly, top draw that is. That is top tier Chinese, that is. What do you eat before a game? Er... Uh, now poached egg on toast two poached eggs on toast Ooh, or nice. scrub, well used to be scrambled egg and beans or yeah. keep it around that We always scrambled egg and beans on toast or poached yeah, egg on toast nice. always the same every single Saturday yeah. before every game for the last god knows island.
1: how long before Cam
2: the game half eleven's pretty much time mate
1: Love that. Enough time to digest. Exact time as well. Don't
2: eat any breakfast before. Just that's the only meal I'll have the the morning of the game. Don't eat anything else up
1: until after the game. And then I just fill my face with uh, China Chef Chinese. (laughs) (laughs) Favourite TV series or programme that you're on at the minute? Me and you spoke about this on the plane, didn't we? some good ones on the way back. What's your favourite all-time one (sighs) camp?
2: Love Sopranos. Love the Sopranos. Entourage? Oh, Oh, I've got loads, loads, mate. Yeah. I used to think I was Vinny Chase, though. To be fair, back in the day. So entourage is like absolute playboy, Vinny Chase. Yeah, you know what class. I mean? That that was the life I wanted.
0: Class. Best game you've been involved in?
2: <sighs> Obviously, the, the ones I've mentioned stand out. You playing at Ibrox yeah. in front of 30,000 mm. is an incredible, incredible game. Actually, I, actually, the better game was in Scotland was Aberdeen away when we played them in the cup and we got absolutely battered. Could have been about 20 nil, and my dad actually come up with court in that game, and I, and remember getting a, a stand innovation from the, the away end beyond the goal, the big stand at Aberdeen, because. We got battered and I made about forty so 47 saves. But the, obviously the, the one game is obviously the Berry chesterfield game. Yeah. Not for obviously the other reasons, yeah, but for yeah. the football reasons and like yeah. the, mm. the size of the game and the magnitude and then what happened at the back of it in terms of being promoted. That's the one game that always sticks in my head when people say, is that the game? I say, yeah, yeah because nice. to win any promotion at any level of football is is massive, you know what I mean? So to experience that promotion was,
1: was incredible. I know this one can go on with goalkeepers superstitions before a game cam or in the game i don't know man. i mean I,
2: I veered away from superstitions because they didn't just take over your the whole day and your whole life mm. you know what i mean i but what i always do is if i do something one game mm. and the outcome of that game is the desired outcome i'll do exactly the same the next game until mm. it doesn't give world. me doesn't that outcome work anymore You know what I mean But I'll always put Like I'll have my glove towel And I'll have a bottle I'll always put that to If you're looking at the goal So to the left hand side of the goal If you're looking at it Counts I always put thing. my stuff there Because, because I, I I listened to Alan Shearer once And he was on about Goalkeepers and they, some goalkeepers always put the glove towel in the goal, don't they? Hang yeah. it up in the net. Yeah. And he used to say, he used to look and he used to use it as a target. Yeah. So from then on, I never put anything in the goal ever. So yeah. if, if I go up the other end in the second half and a goalkeeper's put his, his bottle and left his bottle standing up in the goal, I'll take it out of the goal and throw it to the side mm. cause, because of that reason. So that's kind of a
0: superstition, I'd say. Yeah, take nice. it. First live game you ever
2: watched? Ooh. First live game, I think it was. I went to St Andrews to watch Birmingham against Arsenal nice. uh, with one of my neighbours down the road. He was like a family friend. He was a, a Birmingham fan, and growing up as a kid, I was an Arsenal fan. Yeah. used to have all the Arsenal shirts, and I think that was my first opportunity to, to go and watch a game. <clears throat> it was Blues. Oh, it might have been actually. It might have been Derby Arsenal, because I think yeah, I think it was actually Derby, and it was at the new stadium at the time. I remember yeah, Mark Poon played in goal for Derby. It was, it was Derby Arsenal actually.
0: Nice.
1: Uh, first ever pair of football boots. Oh, can you remember? Yeah, my mum's still got them.
0: Yeah, two in, a,
1: two in a row. That is. That is You're gonna yeah. have to send us a picture. Yeah, I'll try, mate. Because we yeah. got goodies.
2: Oh yeah. Oh mate, they're stinkers. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking like they are tiny, like little. Yeah. Little same yeah. As is, yeah. 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 Sounds. Yeah. Adidas. Yeah. Adidas football boots. Mum still Probably got the them. Same, yeah. you know. They ain't got striker on the side, have they? Nah, they're red and black. Oh, oh no! Shout out nice. to good with his strikers, <laughs> by the way.
0: Favorite <laughs> holiday destination.
1: Oh, well, after the stag do, it's got to be able for Freris. Oh, it's got to be.
0: Beautiful. You've, you've, just, just, come, be you've fair. just
1: come off one though at hey? your camp. Was it on New It looked like... Oh, Skeggy, Os- old... yeah. Was that... No. Nah. <laughs> 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 the beach in Skeggy, like Marbella.
2: <laughs> nah, to be fair, I used to, um, I used to go Marbella frequently, like, when back in the day, when obviously we first got into pro football, I thought it was yeah. Hugh Hefner being a yeah. playboy in that. Marbella every summer for a few days was incredible. You know what I mean? And you used, used to think I was a Premier League footballer. And, uh, Dubai, I've been to Dubai a few times. I love it. Love Dubai. Nice. Like, oh,
1: it's frozen out right now. Yeah, it? Yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, last one could go on forever. Try and keep it short if you can.
0: Keep it clean as well. Yeah,
1: to an extent. Yeah. Best team night out. <laughs> Oof.
2: To be fair, mate, I, like the, um, I'd say I, I wouldn't say it was, well after the, <laughs> after the Chesterfield game. Oh yeah, win, I can imagine. That wasn't that wasn't a nightmare. That was a good... That went on from, I reckon, the Monday... Or the game Sunday, maybe. It went on until at least the Thursday, because the manager said to us, lads, just come see you Thursday. <laughs> so we stayed out till Thursday. And when, and where was it? Was, just in Manchester. Yeah. In Manchester. Um, but the whole team was there. It was incredible, yeah, Like honestly, because obviously the euphoria of winning and everyone being together. Listen, no one went home for three days. It was just everyone out. Unbelievable. And then... The, the, to be fair, the summer after that, the club paid for us all to go to Marbella as well, and that was equally as unbelievable. Fair to be play. fair, superb. I think David Bentley, just, just um, maybe David Bentley, who played for Tottenham, just opened a new bar, Buddha Beach, I think it was called in Marbella, yeah. And we all just like ascended on there. And to be fair, Jimmy Bullard was over that year, and he got wind of that we we won promotion. He actually picked up the bar tab, really, for, for us that day, which what was
0: guy. unbelievable. Yeah, what a guy? So what a guy, Jimmy Bullard? Yeah, superb. fair play can You've been brilliant Mate, mate. I
1: I've, I've said, I've said this to you From the start yeah. This was going to be A barrel of laughs And I feel Honestly, like That's all yeah. I've
0: done We wish you all the best Next season at Stafford We'll be watching For sure And um, Gets a couple of tickets mate we'll Yeah out. We'll oh, watch a yeah, game for, sure, for sure And uh, yeah We just wish you all the best uh, Unbelievable career so far And hope it continues Like I yeah. said I hope you get to 600 I hope you get to 700 And I hope you get to thousand A thousand Yeah You know um, journey yeah so superb and thank you very much yeah been top class no thanks guys I really appreciate it thanks
2: for having me on um, and obviously what you're doing here is incredible and just uh, I hope you have as long a career in this as, as I like have been in, in football, football yeah because <laughs> it would be a good one yeah it would be that would be a good one no I really appreciate it lads thanks for having me on it I've, I've enjoyed it and as I said we could have gone on for, oh, mate. for another hour or so
1: we could but have superb well I yeah. think that's a wrap
2: yeah top class
1: superb yeah <laughs>
0: Podcast Network.